At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Knife Talks, the podcast for knife <laughs> <laughs> knife makers. Was that was that gar was that garbage? Was that uh, Oscar, oh, I thought that was like garbage Oscar the Grouch. I was like, all right, well, let's well, as we are, this is the a knife talk podcast, a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, and everybody else who wants to have some time taken away from them. We're back. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm with Mareko Momasi of Momasi Fire Arts. I'm with Craig Lockwood at Chop Knives. We're back from vacation. Hi, guys. How are you? How's everybody? I mean, um, it. It's not quite back from vacation. It feels as if, yeah, Mareko is still on vacation. Nice. Uh, Sorry, never mind. It feels as if it's been about three months since we last did this. It feels like such a long time. Um, and yeah, so much has gone on, I suppose. But um, I mean, what have I been doing? I've been getting these folders out. So I've now got a bench with 92 folders on. 92 of them. Um, and I need 92. to get... A- I need to get 100 finished, um, completely finished. They're not all finished, um, 92 to this state. So we're now on a finishing state of them um, before I launch them. It's been really difficult. It's been a real learning curve for me the last, well, the last three weeks. Um, the order of operations and putting these folders together has taken me a long time to get right. So put them together and you realise oh, okay, I should have maybe just polished the inside of that first before I do, <sighs> you know, and it's all these little things. So I, I, I've got a bench of about 20, which were sort of what I'm called a sort of B-stock. So I've sent these out to various friends and that kind of thing um, for them to have and sort of test for me. They're, you know, they work perfectly, but there's going to be a slight imperfection on each one of them because it's, it's taken me that long to work out the steps um, to get these knives right. Um, so now I have, so I've got, I've got 92 in a good place. Um, and uh, you know I'll, I'll be finishing them off um, over the next week, so there'll be a hundred finished, ready for me to launch. Um, that's taken up most of my time, uh, and it's just been 
again, I was just saying to Jeff off air how the last three weeks, even though we were technically sort of on vacation from, you know, the podcast and, and a bunch of things, I just feel depleted of everything. Energy. Um, I feel as if I need to drink a barrel of water every day. It's, I just feel tired. It's been, yeah, it's been a difficult couple of weeks. It's been really hard. We've been, um, a lot of work has been done on, on our new house um, and we need to be in by October because we need to be out of this house by then. So um, we've actually bought a big mobile home, which we've had placed on there just in case it's not ready in time. Wow. And we've got a bunch of contractors on site and they all, they're all like a bunch of children there. They all require managing and making sure they've got everything they need. It's just, it's just complete head fuck at the moment, everything. So yeah, I've been grateful to have a, cu- a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks off the podcast at least. Um, but I feel as if I need a holiday. I feel as if Let's I'm- just say one thing to the listeners. Just because we took two weeks off, it wasn't a vac- it wasn't like we're not like a corporation where this was like a holiday. This was like let's just take two weeks off from the podcast because I'm fucking exhausted. I'm I'm fucking I'm ready for. I had two the last two weeks have been like not disastrous but like a production. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's not like we're like this isn't like you know a company where we're like we all took a vacation together because this is all we do for our, you know this is like thank God we don't have to do something for you know. <laughs> Friday at three. A little side project, yeah. That's all it was, yeah. But, um, well, a man's still on vacation and enjoying vacation life. Uh, Morocco, how are things? Oh, yeah. I see. Oh, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> There's some nautical theme stuff. Let's see. I mean, so my wife's family, I mentioned it before, they have a lake house on an island in the Puget Sound uh, on Anderson Island, which is about an hour south of Seattle, hour and a half depending on traffic. Uh, and it's been beautiful. I've been here Monday. I get back on Sunday. I guess we're recording this Friday. So by the time this goes out, I'll be back in the shop. Um, and it's been nice to get a little bit of a break from Knife Life um, this these past few days and just kind of chill out with the family, um, kind of have some low-key time um, just staring at the water. They have waterfront property. And like, like I said, it's a lake house. So we're just staring at the lake or going swimming in the lake. My son's just getting into like, he's, he's played and swam in pools, but he's never really swam in open, like open water. Um, And so he was very uh, nervous jumping into the lake the first time. Um, and, uh, but he, he's gotten a hold of it and he's having a blast. He's loving it. And we have, um, some family friends here with us too, vacationing as well. Um, because the lake house has three bedrooms. And so they're hanging out with us as well. Um, the kids actually, I had to kick the kids out of the house. No, they, they graciously, the moms took the kids on a hike, uh, at one of the state parks on the Island. So the kids are out, but if you still hear noise and screaming and stuff, it's cause like the lake house or the lakes right there and the windows open cause it's kind of warm in here. And anyways, the, uh, let's see the last time we talked, my back took a huge shit, right? Yeah. Uh, like on 4th of July and yeah, it was pretty gnarly. And I, I honestly, the, that week after that episode went out, my back was still pretty messed up and I haven't really been able to do a whole lot. I've been able to do a little bit of forging, um, but that's because there's a lot of breaks. There's a lot of downtime in forging, you know, uh, especially in Damascus Bill is because there's, you forge for a couple minutes while you're losing heat and why you got heat, but then 
but then to bring that billet back up to temperature takes, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes, depending on what temperature you're running your forge at. So there's a lot of break time in there versus like stand. I, I haven't been able to stand at the grinder for more than maybe five or 10 minutes if I'm doing anything, because if I do longer than that, my whole back kind of freezes back up and mm -hmm. messes things up. So I've, I've been uh, not very productive regarding grinding work. So I've, I just kind of been working on some other Damascus stuff and making pattern stuff for other upcoming projects. Other than that, that's, what's your that's what's your game plan? What's things. your game plan for your back? Are you thinking about what you're so going to do? So I got a yeah, I got a chiropractor lined up, and when I get back from this this week at the lake, uh, I'm going to get back into a routine with him. Uh, when I was 26, so basically 10 years ago, my back went out. Um, when I was actually still working for Bob Kramer and it was pretty severe and, um, and he helped me kind of get back from that. Um, so I'm getting, I'm going to get back with him. I also, I've been trying to, um, just be more like, like taking a tip from Jeff and trying to be more cognizant about just being physically active and trying to being here at the lake house. I have not been good about eating <laughs> uh, proper portions i guess i'm just like hanging out and just like eating all day kind of things and our friends that are here visiting they they stop by this awesome korean deli on the way down and um and they so i've been eating korean like the last couple of days and really big rich breakfasts which i'm not usually used to eating um but anyways i've been getting back into exercising i have a friend that i went to high school with who is a physical trainer now so i've been uh scheduling time with him to just kind of uh, it's like i've been an athlete and physically active most of my entire life uh, ever since i was a little kid and especially in high school and so i know what i need to be doing when it comes to physical activity exercise stretching all that stuff but i'm horrible at keeping myself accountable mm -hmm. so basically i'm paying my friend to stay on top of my ass so that I get this shit done because I can't do it myself. I just can't do it myself. Why? I, I wish I had, I don't why? know why I'm, I'm not as mentally strong as you, Jeff. That's basically I'm not mentally it, strong. I'm not mentally strong. You're full of shit. You're not mentally I'm not strong. Mentally, I'm not mentally strong. I just, give myself, a, I, I give myself a, I give myself a, uh, a deadline and then I just make the deadline. Hmm. It's not, I, I mean, mean, it's just a question of, it's just I, I a really question struggle of like, with self-discipline. Me too. And you talk about discipline all the time. I my self discipline, if it was like a a, a gauge, mine's like basically empty. Like I have yeah. I have almost no self discipline. Hmm. I'm the same. Where you're like can, you're at the top. The only way I can do things is if it's a competition, um, because I hate losing. Sure. So yeah, my self discipline right. is really bad. And at the moment, I'm you know trying to lose weight. So I've got various family members trying as well. So the only way we can do mm. it is all doing it together and right. having a little competition, that kind of thing. And yeah, it's yeah. sort of sort. That's a nice shirt you got there, Craig. By the way, it's a Fingal specialist. It's uh, a, I it's see a, it. Yeah. Fingal, it should be three Fs. Fingal fucking Ferguson, as I call him. I love yeah. his. I love his design. It's super yeah, good shirts. Yeah, good shirts. Cool. They're pretty cool. So, Jeff, your um, your non-vacation vacation. What's what's been going on? Well, I hauled ass to get everything out the door before I drove to our my in-laws' house, and um, obviously, you know, we we drove out there, and it was a sixteen hours each way, which was, you know, wrap it up. It's like not. <laughs> great and you know no. we we did it and it was fun and our in-laws were super happy to see us and we had some fun we cooked some food i had to um you know i had to deal with some business 
(laughs) starting off, our credit card got hacked. So I was getting uh, messages that somebody in San Diego was getting DoorDash Chipotle for $58. And then somebody else got goddamn, you know, some DoorDash and bullshit. So I had to like, you know, I'm I getting I'm getting all, I'm getting a ma- I'm looking at my emails I'm like oh, what the fuck is this? So so then uh, then somebody says to me you know you you know you shouldn't be on your email on a vacation and I was just like oh should I send DoorDash directly to this person or should I deal with it? So we had to so Tony and I had to get on the phone and you know cancel the credit cards which kind of fucked me up because I tried to order all this stuff beforehand and that obviously didn't work out. And then I had to deal with a couple of difficult customers over vacation, which was equally annoying. I took care of it on vacation, which was awesome. And then um, I tell you what, I had a lot of fun on a one wheel. You know what a one wheel is? Oh, I did yeah. see you. You were like you were like a Those little Gary like V fun. jumping Dude. around, a little hipster. You were. Hillary, my Hillary's Hillary's stepfather bought all these toys for the grandkids, including <laughs> a one wheel. But the kids are the the parents of the grandkids are just like, there's no way I'm letting my kid on this thing. I'm like, well, let's give it a whirl. You know, oh, really? Let, let this thing sit in the. I can't let this thing sit around in the garage gathering dust. We got to charge her up and go. It's, they're yeah. very they're very cool they're very cool and i felt well, i had a lot of fun on them and then we were riding you know golf carts and all this bullshit and it was a lot of fun and, and um i tell you what i felt real comfortable on it and every day i was practicing how to slow down and stopping i felt like i was i felt like i was i felt like i was tyler uh, bell. i felt like i was tyler bell if you gave Tyler Bell some like heavy drugs and a little bit of hard living, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tyler Bell's a little bit. I mean, I wasn't walking. I mean, I wasn't walking around saying "Golly gee" and "Hot diggity dog." I was saying "Motherfucker, this thing is awesome." <laughs> and it was like, yeah, I was more of like a rated R Tyler Tyler Bell, and uh, um, it was awesome until I I hit some wet grass and went flying. <laughs> I went flying. And I hit the concrete so hard. I had like the, I hit, I mean, my, my shit is still fucked up. My hip hit, hit the ground real hard. And then I still have my elbows all still fucked oh, up. Yeah. And nice. hilarious part was I got that sweet <clears throat> breath from getting your, not your breath, your breath knocked out of you. I'm like breathing <sighs> like that sweet breath. And then all of a sudden I hear my wife is running up the driveway. Jeff, I heard something really loud. Was that you? And I'm just trying to catch my breath. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. It was hilarious, but it was like my behavior. Oh, that is. Dude, it was awesome because I felt like I was young. I felt like I was a young man because it was just like, you know what? Sure. I, every move was just like, okay, this is okay. So like I have, you know, a skin elbow and then my hip hurt. And then I was like walking around. I feel fine. But I mean, it was like, yeah, yeah give me one of them fuckers again. I'm ready. And then the next day I went back on and my father-in-law was just like, you you want to go on that son i'm like give me that motherfucker get that fucking thing to me i'm getting on it and i went back and forth and did some more and i was just like see back on and the horse yeah it's great my kid wouldn't do it no, nobody would do it except for me and i they, really? i hit the ground so goddamn hard i hit the ground so goddamn hard it was like shocking like i like oh, the dude. distance like the distance from where the one wheel was and where my final destination was because it stopped it slid down it went down so the nose hit the ground and i just went running like the propelled like 25 feet and then i slammed <laughs> onto the asphalt it was awesome i'm glad i didn't smash my head open to be honest with you but it was fun i would have been right there with you i love oh, those dude, things i want one so bad dude they're great they're expensive but they're great so yes, like you are. know the, the the goal is 
the goal is we're hoping i'm hoping that my in-laws realize that none of the grandchildren are going to be able to use <laughs> they it they gifted it to you they're going to fucking send it to me because i kicked the shit out of it too it's it, you know this fucking thing is like oh you made it yours oh dude i beat the yeah, you, shit out. there are scratches <laughs> I love and stuff it. and it is <laughs> fucking fucked up i beat the living shit nice. out of it and i even said to ford i'm like sorry man someone had to do it and you, you see your grandchildren wouldn't do it so i'm the only one <laughs> so it was awesome i was like the oldest of all the you know the, the in-laws and i was just like so it was that was fun and then um got a colonoscopy that was a wet and wild ride mm. Yeah, it was I tell you what, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. But it was such a production and it was such a product there were days of there was days of not being able to eat this and days of not being able to eat that and then fasting and then drinking all the shit. And I was recording uh the last episode of the Full Blast podcast with Honor and 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 Ben, which was great, but I, I didn't realize that I was supposed to take all these laxatives and like stool softeners before the podcast started. So I called him up and I'm like, listen, can we just kind of pull it back a couple hours? Cause I'm like, I'm just never, I can, I probably can hold on for like half an hour, but like an hour into it, I just don't want to like shit myself. So, <laughs> so the hilarious part was there's done a, it from there's the a, toilet. Well, I mean, you know, it, the, the boy, you know, the great thing, honor, honor and better the best honor said, honor yeah. says the message that maybe we should all take laxatives. <laughs> and I was like, we should all take laxatives. In solidarity. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. We should all take laxatives <laughs> and do this podcast together. That was really funny. And then, um, a bit of jeopardy on the show. Oh yeah. So uh, unbelievable. So it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, crazy ride and then uh nico picked me up afterwards and we did the full blast podcast get uh, the downward spiral gets the pipe episode which we'll play in a couple weeks he picked me up high on uh propofol that's what they give that's what they gave mike that was killed michael jackson oh geez so we told the i told the whole story in great detail there's no need to tell it twice we can listen to it in a couple weeks but uh yeah. propofol is also just to let you know propofol what they knock you out with which is i mean it's a wonder drug i mean if i could if i could get a drug to have on hand fucking propofol would be my drug because it is it's a little <laughs> No, no, it's no. It's a, it's an injected. It's a very white, oh. thick injected sedative, and it's white. White. So with the nickname for it okay. is milk of amnesia, <laughs> oh, because you're gone. Like the even the nurses were just like, get ready for like. I'm like I'm lying in the bed. I got the <laughs> coat on. I got my ass on the side. I, they got me heart monitors everywhere. They're monitoring my heart, and I'm like focusing on my heart rate and my breathing and everything like that. And then they got the thing and the nurse says, I, I'm so happy for you because you're going to get the best sleep right now. And I'm just like, I can't <laughs> wait. When's it going to happen? And then, the, then, and then they gave it to me and it was like gone, dead. No problem. I am perfectly fine with death. If and that's how's, death, how is no your moonwalk sure. now? Can you moonwalk any better? <laughs> there, there were, I had a lot of gas afterwards because they pump you full of air. <laughs> Right. But there was no like I wasn't sore and I could walk perfectly fine. I didn't feel as weird as I was expecting. Hmm. So but you're going to have to listen to the full blast podcast. This show is into the three of us talking about <laughs> our ailments for what? Well, this 19 is 19 minutes now. Dude, we've been gone for 2 weeks. What do you expect? We've been gone for 2 weeks. We have to cover our we have to cover our you know, what's gone on with our lives. Huh. And then oh, here's the funniest part. I'll tell you the funniest part. 
So we, I said a couple weeks ago that I had to have the roof over our kitchen done. Mm. So I got my guy up on the roof and he's, he stripped off all the, the shingles and he's gonna, you know, building everything back up and replacing the plywood. And there was going to be a freak storm. So he put tarps on the roof and, you know, put like wood on top of it and stuff like that. Mm. This was the night I took the laxatives. So <laughs> I went home after I recorded with uh, Honor and Ben feeling cramps, right. like the Ready stool softener was, oh yeah, I was, I was totally ripe. I was ripe for, you know, evacuation. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of like, you, dr- you end up drinking 62 <clears throat> ounces of this fluid that like, it's this type, basically the concept is it's, a, and we, we can talk about knives in a second, but That's it's like a, a salt. Yeah. Well, right. over like four hours. So it's not, okay. you can't like just chug it. They don't want you to like, if you chug it, you might end up, you might end up <laughs> in the ground, man. It was like, I mean, we're talking in circles on the floor. Dude, just fucking dude, dude, yeah, if I had chugged it, I wish I said, I told my wife, I'm just going to do it in one. She's like, you're going to die. You're going to die. They're going to kill you. It's going to kill you. you. You do it slowly, slowly over four hours. So I was, ha- I was halfway through it and then the wind kicked up and then I saw some of the tarp fall down. I said, I got to get up on the tarp. Oh, I right. got to get up the, on the, the real wind, not your wind. No, not my wind. Oh, the oh, real sorry, wind. It was, okay, it was sorry, raining yeah. and it was, tr- there was no wind, P.S. When I was going, it was all rain when I was going, when I was going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> with no the wind. Thunder. Oh, dude, no thunder. It was like, I mean, it was like, po- imagine taking a five gallon bucket and pouring it into a toilet. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> So I realized I have got that to beard get up. Taste, on, Craig? I have to. I, Water. I, <laughs> I had to get up on the roof and realize that I had to screw the tarp down because it's going to fly off. And if it rains, if the tarp's not on there, there's just plywood. So the whole roof is going to get the inside of the house mm. going to ruin. I'm getting up on the ladder. I got the screw gun, and I'm thinking to myself, "You got a couple minutes. You got a couple <laughs> minutes because." It's getting, it's uh, shit is getting tight. Everything is getting like very, there's not a lot of like, you feel something in your stomach and there's no thinking. You have to like, so I'm screwing everything down. I'm starting to feel this rumbling and I'm just like, can you imagine if the leak that was in my house, the first leak that destroyed the, the <laughs> leak in the house was from me? Was from me? It wasn't actually shit. rain. Raining it was like coming out of my pants. Kitchen. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, this is insane. So I screwed everything up and then I was just like, fuck it. If it rains, you know, I screwed everything down and they ran back into the house. I'm just like, don't. And I send the t- contractors like, all right, screwed everything up. Don't fucking do that again. At least, you know, for the next seven yeah. hours. Yeah. Oh, and then oh the rest of the story will be, the rest will be the story. will come up soon. Yeah. So other than that. Yeah. I forgot to say it, but whilst we're talking about how old and, and fit we are and, and achy we are. Speak for yourself. I'm well, fit as well, fuck. This this week, so <laughs> what David choose we realized that we don't have enough wood for um the the winter coming. And we're gonna be in the new house and it's gonna be you know, wood is gonna be keeping us warm. So uh, I had to go to the, the like the woodland we've got and cut some wood down. I know it's the wrong time of the year. People are gonna be like, Ah, you don't cut wood this time of year, but, but I had no choice, I had to go. Um got there, all the wood that I cut for last year was stolen. So and this what? this woodland is the middle of nowhere. Is the How middle much of wood? nowhere. It was like like it's square meters. It was probably about ten square meters, which is a fair. You know, it's a lot of trips in a truck for someone to to steal that. And I'm like, fuckers. So I'm there now, cutting trees down and redoing wood. And for the next two nice. days, 
I was on my arse. Wake, do you know when you wake up and every muscle in your body is just like crying out? Just like, don't no. move, don't move. <laughs> no. So I was like that. And then, so I mentioned I've joined this band as well. So we, we, we have a gig coming up next week, our first gig. So we've been practicing a lot. And standing there for three hours with the guitar strapped to you is bloody... You know, you know, I've always, I've always played guitar, but I've never stood for three hours playing guitar. You know, I practice for half an hour a day or whatever, or I'll mess about. But Jesus, after that, cutting all that wood down, then the next day having to stand with a guitar strapped you for three hours. <laughs> On, I feel 90 years old. It's just the worst. It's the worst. But anyway, shall we talk about knives? I'll tell you Fine. what we should do first. Let, let's talk about one of our sponsors. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Don't go to evenheat.com, but do get yourself an even heat. If you go to soulceramics.com, or, well, actually, if you use the link in the description, which is knifetalk.net forward slash heat, that'll take you to soulceramics.com, and it'll also give you $75 off your order. So you can spec out the even heat that you want. You can have the 120 or the 240. You can have the cage model, all these different models that they do. Spec it out, get your discount, um, and tell them that we sent you. Thank you very much. Don't okay. miss the 75. And yes, don't miss the 75. And I think it's time that we do. Hey, man. Can I ask you a question? Mareko, would you like to take the first question? Yeah. This is part of the show where you answer or ask questions and we try to answer them, help drive the conversation. And this first question is from Mr. Devlin Forge. Um, or is, is it Devlin Forge? Yeah. Hey, fellas, just curious. Uh, how would you prevent rust on carbon steel on a carbon steel blade? I made a set of steak knives and made them... Uh, I gave them to a guy and there are rust spots like he didn't uh, get them dry or something they're made out of coil spring just trying to get info no need to wait uh, for the show show answer I would like to get them cleaned up and assembled uh, and usable again thank you for your time sorry for the struggle in reading that what do you guys think preventing if they're not cared for if they're not cared for they're gonna rust there's nothing you can really do about it I mean over time, they will develop a patina, which will help them, you know, not rust um, so easily. But, yeah, if they're not being cared for, they're going to rust. So I think it's education, really. That's, what, that's what's needed there. Yeah. It's not a magic wonder product. Um, maybe when you ship them, you know, smear them with a little bit of oil um, and then explain the situation that they, that, you know, they need caring for. But, um, the, yeah, there's really nothing you can do. I mean, if the guys put them in like a dishwasher or something, you're, you're pretty much fucked. Um, yeah. I'm just wondering whether this guy, put, you know, gives any instructions um, with with his knives. You know, sure. it could be as simple as print something off on a on a you know on a home printer um, and add it with your packaging. Just saying, you know, these things are carbon steel. There's a reason for that, but they also do require the extra care. Um, Jeff, I mean, what are you, what percentage of knives are you doing at the moment which are carbon steel to stainless? Because I know you, you've shifted a bit, haven't you, over the last the last couple of years since we've started the show. I mean, it's I've been doing ninety percent stainless right. for uh, from day one, and and uh, but I actually did do I had a Damascus knife that just went out, and I did use did use axe wax, and uh, and it really it was a very very thin film to the point where I was surprised I could it was almost unnoticeable. 
Um, I use mineral oil when I have stuff here. I'll tell you a funny story, honestly, is that knife I made from Tomer a couple weeks ago. Tomer sent me some, I left Tomer with some, a couple blades. Um, when I was at uh, Florentine Kitchen Knives a couple years ago, and I finished one off, and I did kind of my style uh, uh, color lab handle, thinking that it was a. He, he told me it was like AEBL, so I thought, all right, stainless is stainless. And then I finished it, and it was like it was grinding like AEBL. It was hand sanding like AEBL, and I put it away, and then all of a sudden I cut a couple things. So this is not AEBL. This is carbon steel. So I now actually have a nice big rust spot because I was putting something away and I guess like a drip of water, a drip of water came on it. And now I got to refinish it and do something else. So, I mean, I am, I am terrible. I'm terrible. I had a knife I made, a uh, Damascus knife I made with Nick Anger at the Center for Metal Arts. And I left it, I put some stuff on it, but I, you know, got a drop of water in it. And then I had to refinish the whole thing. Hmm. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I got a, I got, <laughs> I got carbon steel knives and they're always something wrong with them. You got to yeah. coat, you got to coat them with something. You got to coat yeah. them with something. That's yeah. it. My sort of daily use knife is, again, it's one of Toma's knives, um, and it's a carbon steel, it's 52100, um, and I've been using that for probably about four years, and it's developed a really dark, dark patina. Um, but yeah, it's, it's exactly that same thing. It's, you know, as soon as I use it, I clean it, dry it, then it hangs on a rack where it can dry on the rack. Um, but yeah, once you get that patina, it is harder for it to, to get these rust spots. Um, but it does require a bit of a bit of sort of time and effort so, uh, to to create that. But um, yeah. any any yeah, my daily use. Yeah, my daily use knife is a carbon steel Damascus knife that I made uh, for my wife. And yeah, I think just like you guys said, like the a main key is when you're washing it, you got to dry it. You can't just like let it air dry or anything. You got to dry it off. And then um, if you got oil, like a camellia oil, which you can get from most any cutlery store, you can just buy off Amazon um, or the Axe Wax, like Jeff was saying, is creates a nice protective film that will help prevent uh, water from if water is on there, it'll keep it from damaging the steel as much. They should still, even if you do the oil or the wax, you still need to dry it though after, um, after washing and possibly recoat. I've, I've never used any coating of any sort uh, on my knife. I just have made sure that I do a good job keeping it dry before I put it away and store it. And I've never had any, I've never had any rust. I, I, I definitely build up all kinds of patina because I'm, I'm a little lazy when I use my knife. I'll, I'll prep up a meal and I'll just let it lay there until after, after dinner. But I've never had any rust. Yeah. Can so I just interrupt? Can I interrupt? Yeah. I want nothing to add. You're 100% right. I want to I interrupt with a segue and talk to one of our listeners in the live chat. If you want to listen to this live on Fridays, you can go to our Instagram. You can go to uh, Facebook or, or, or YouTube Live, and you can interact with the show. I'm going to interact with one of our listeners and help him make a decision. Jocko, <laughs> Jocko Van Brunhust, whatever, I'm sorry, wrote, shucks. Alex Steele just posted part five of his scimitar. What to choose? Jocko, let's talk. <laughs> Fucking Alec isn't going to talk to you on his goddamn whatever, his video on his fucking scimitar. You can watch that later. If you want to be involved, 
I'm making the decision for you. You're staying right here. How you like them apples? <laughs> I'm not giving you a choice. Alec, you watch Alec when you're on the shitter like you normally do. You're here with us live. <laughs> We're with you, okay? Go we save need- Alec for the shitter, okay? Jocko probably is on the shitter. Probably. <laughs> all right, Jocko, all. check in. Every 10 minutes, we're going to ask Jocko, just make a comment, just so we know you're still there. That's all we Jocko, if we are going to berate you if you leave this room. Don't turn that dial or we're going we're gonna to harass you. Okay? So that's what happens everybody when you join the, the show chat. live. That's yeah, what happens when you join the show live. Too. Oh, everybody. Everyone's got to check in every five minutes. This is that live audience is going to get brutalized. <laughs> brutalized. Oh, you all check in every five minutes or we're going to start to lace into you. Every single one of your usernames. Nick Hershey has just said, I literally just finished watching that on the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, all right. Alex um, videos to shit too. Alex, Alex is providing a service. <laughs> there you go. Can't, oh, you can't, I mean, you can't. he can't interact with you like we can. There you go. Okay, next question. And if you've got a question for us, you can contact us via DM at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. It's that easy. And this one is from, oh, geez, I think it's Jao Mac, um, J O A O M A K, anyway. Um, hello, what are your thoughts on putting the maker's mark on both sides of the blade? We've talked about this in the past, haven't we? About. Um, you know, particularly if you know your knife is going to um, some somewhere sort of maybe high profile where it may get photographed or maybe on TV that kind of thing, um, because quite often if you put the maker's mark on the if if it's a right-handed um, cutter, it's going to be sort of on the inside of the blade, so it's not going to make the camera if you know what I mean. Um, but obviously, if you put the maker's mark on the other side, it would make the camera. Um, so I I think we. I think Jeff, I think you had done this with the, with the previous knife, hadn't you? Or, or we certainly talked about it anyway. Um, but I see no problem with it at all, and I quite like the whole symmetry of that as well. Um, Putting it I on both sides. Yeah, I don't do it, but I, yeah. I do like the idea of it, and the, you know, the symmetry is is, is quite nice. Except um, for the fact that all of a like sudden it. it's it's I don't like it either because all of a sudden the directions are different. When you read, you read one direction. The only way I would accept it is if the other version was the mirror image, so they're both facing the same direction. And it would be weird, but that would be the only way I would accept it because I want to read out. I don't want to read in. I don't want to read in towards the blade. I want to read out. I see what but, I mean. You see, yeah, if you've got a logo, which which maybe lends itself to to that, w- would be cool. But like, <clears throat> like for example, mine is you know, it's letters, it's four letters, and the reverse of that would look ridiculous. Um, I don't. I don't see any issue with it. I have, you know, reading in the other way. I. I. I don't know. I don't this do it. A- but I think it, it could be quite cool. Maybe. So it's a very interesting because I just got signature. My my signature uh, made into a stencil, and. Nice. Because I usually get other chefs to do signature series, and we get their signature done. I, I do have I do have one thing funny. Some some of these signatures that these chefs do are illegible to the yeah. point where you don't know what's up or down. I got one from a chef that was like a symbol, and I had to decipher because you know when you look at the the etch, you look at the 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 stencil, you don't know what fucking side is up. You know, you don't know how he did it, so I'm just trying to, like, figure out. If I put it upside down, does that ruin all of them? So I had to, like, figure it out. But I just got my signature done, and I was trying to figure out, how do I do it? Do I, do I replace my old logo, which I'm, I'm loathe to do? I'm a, totally against changing logos. I'm, cha- I'm against changing avatars. I'm, like, all about consistency. So, like, I might have my logo 
and then the signature passed it. But then all of a sudden it's like, there's got to be some rhyme or reason to it. I would, I don't think I could do one on one side, one on the other. And now I will tell you this, when I get the customer who's adamant about getting their own touch mark on it, they're adamant about getting a stencil made and they're willing to pay the exorbitant fee of getting stencil for one signature. I put that shit on the back. I put that shit on the other side. Yeah. So they have yeah. they have their whole they have their own side of the knife. It's all theirs, and they don't have to fuck with yeah. mine. This I would me... say. Oh, sorry. So, so you go, Morocco, because I've got a little segue to come off this. So you go next. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I I'm not a fan of it because to me, if you were to put the same touch mark on both sides, it seems like you couldn't make a choice. I, I feel like we've talked about thing choices we make in our knife making to look purposeful. And if you're putting your touch mark on both sides, it doesn't look very purposeful. Now, if Jeff, like Jeff has names for all the different na- uh, knives he makes, I think Craig does too. And I could see Jeff's standard touch mark being on one side and maybe then Admiral being on the other side. Right. That would be cool because that, but that's a unique thing. And if somebody happens instead of seeing Jeff Fader or Fader knives or whatever it says, they see the admiral if they google search quote unquote the admiral chef's knife they're gonna fucking find jeff fader's website hmm. so maybe yeah. but a good point it's the only reason that that's the only reason i would say to put them on to put a mark on both sides or if you're doing like jeff was saying like a collaboration deal with a chef of course it makes sense to put the chef's name on the other side but yeah. outside you of that i it doesn't make sense i don't, I don't like having the same name on both sides I'm 100% with Morocco, and I think the other reason why is, especially if you look at Morocco's knives and you look at forged knives, when you look at an, a, a maker's mark that's etched deep, that's supposed to be a hot stamp. So when we even when we do an etched logo where it's deep, intentionally it's supposed to be a hot stamp. So like you can do it with the, you know, like a personalizer, set it on DC on etch, and then you got the, you know, extra, you go extra deep, deep, deep. It's, you're kind of making a version of what's traditionally hot stamp. So you wouldn't do a hot stamp on both sides. So intentionally, I, that's what I agree to. Hmm. Okay. Okay. We're we getting too getting we getting too serious about it. I think it's because I, I yelled at Jocko and I haven't seen him in a while. I think I scared him <laughs> off. Uh, Jocko, you still around? You still around? In, Jocko. Jocko? Check in. Check Better in. Better check in. Better check in, Jocko. We're counting on you. <laughs> Otherwise, we're gonna have to beat up Alec. <laughs> I was wondering, Jeff. We saw um, you you Instagrammed your signature um, as a as a as a stamp. Does that mean that you're going to have a like a signature range, a good core range that you'll always keep, and that'll be like the Jeff Fader <clears throat> range, or what? What's that all about? They so they may be just for color lab knives. Oh, they, they nice. may be. I'm not like haven't that. really figured it out yet, but it might be just color lab knives gets the gets the signature. Yeah, because nice. the like color that. lab, there's not like no one's saying to me. I need this to be three eighths of an inch thick and I need this to be no, it's like when you pick color lab, you're on your own. You can yeah. throw out a couple of Hail Marys and hope I'm going to say, I like red or something like that. But when you pick color lab, you're, 
you're 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 at the mercy. It's like when you go to a sushi place and you say, "I want the I'm chef. I'm with you." You know, you don't say that, but I mean, when you do, it's like he's gonna give you he's gonna give you the oogie googie. He give you the stuff you might not be ready for, <laughs> and that's what I'm doing to omakase. I'm gonna give you the omakase, and then you get the signature. I think that's the way it is. Jocko's checking in. I got he got I hot stamp my brute to forge finished knives, laser engrave everything else. Jocko's okay. checking in. Good man, good he's man, Jocko. Two, he's got two windows open, hasn't it? We know, we know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Jocko. yeah, he's got two windows open. He's got the only fan page with the Alex Steele's only fan page, and then us, right? <laughs> oh, Jeff, do you want to take the next question? Oh yeah, I turned my phone off. I was having too much fun. Uh, Okay, this comes from Sage Knives. Hey, boys, can I ask you a question? Is it bad to hollow grind a chopper? I heard someone in a YouTube video say that they wouldn't recommend doing it, and I can't see why that's bad. But what do I know? As much, as always, love and keep on killing it. And I only added this because I thought, we never take these kinds of questions. Why don't we? And Hmm. I'm going to, after we answer answer this question, I'm bringing up a story that I want to talk to you guys about. I didn't tell you about it, but I'm going to talk to you about it. So hollow ground for a chopper. What do you guys think? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. That's got to be on you, Morocco, first. Yeah, I don't know what the problem would be. I feel like for a really long time, choppers and large blades only had hollow grinds. Hmm. And then when it comes down to the final actual sharpened edge, maybe it had an, a quote-unquote apple seed or a, a slightly convex sharpened, sharp or like primary bevel but then the secondary bevel would be hollow ground i don't i have no idea who would have said that and also are they referring generally to to the actual blade geometry before sharpening or are they talking about like fullers and stuff like that i would see i would imagine that he's referring to when you i'm not not the final edge obviously i'm thinking he's talking about the primary or the secondary grind. And it was interesting because right. I was reading and I was thinking, I always thought, and I don't really know because I don't really make choppers. I always thought that a chopper was supposed to be like an axe. So you want it to be kind of robust for splitting and stuff. So I would think that maybe a hollow grind might be a little bit too fragile and light. Dainty. Like I think you'd want sure. like the knife to be more like a maul or something like that. But I don't know. 
I thought, why don't we ask this? Why don't we ask this question and say, I don't know, man. Go ahead, make your fucking shit and hit something with it and see what happens. <laughs> I mean, that would be a, a great way to figure it out. But I honestly think, you know, you can take geometries to, depending on your heat treat regimen, you can take it to a surprisingly thin geometry and get very little to no deformation. I've taken, I've, what was it? A 20,000 at the edge chef's knife and chopped into antler, 20, like old dry antler. 20 thousandths is about half of a 16th, like a th just under a 32nd of an inch. Okay. Okay. I'm not okay. working anyway, it out because now I'm telling me you're not to me. Everybody <laughs> listening, Je Jeff is making a face trying to figure out how thin that is. Uh, and with no deformation. And so, and that's only 20 thousandths. I mean, that's, and for, for a chef's knife, that would be unnecessarily robust, but for a chopping knife, that's great. I think a lot of guys take them to about 20 to 30 thousandths um, because part of that thin edge helps you get the penetration of the initial cut. Yeah, it great. bites into the wood really nicely. And that's what you need, penetration. But yeah, I would boy. have thought that, you know, traditionally, they all would have been hollow ground, as you said, because they would have had, yeah. you know, big old, they would have been, you know, a fat hollow grind, if you know, you know, not 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 deep. They would have been a shallow hollow grind anyway, because they would have had a big old wheel. But, um, yeah, I would have thought that would be the uh, the standard anyway, going forward. So you've got a story, Jeff. Yes, this is actually a story, story time with Jeffrey. Yes, this is a story that I saw this morning uh, on the news, and it's the only reason why it's. It, I started talking to my wife about it because it was. It also happens to be if you are happen to be in Stanford and you things haven't gone your way, wink, wink. You know what I'm talking about. I have a written down itinerary of where to go in New York when you've got a couple <laughs> days to kill in Stanford. I've gotten six. I've helped six people that I don't know. No questions asked. I've helped six people go on this trail. And one of the one of the sites was is called the Vessel. I don't know if you've heard of the Vessel. The Vessel is at the Hudson Yards on the west co west side. It's this big. It's like a. It looks like a giant honeycomb, and you walk up it, and it's oh, it's open air. I've seen that. Yeah, you've seen it. It's amazing. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. But I guess there there it's closed. I'm gonna read the story. Um. So, th so you like understand a Lonely Planet review at the moment we're doing. We're going to do this each week uh, now, Lonely Planet, different parts of the world. <laughs> make your jokes now because I'm going to read the headline and it's not going to be so nice. Vessel closed to public after 14-year-old jumps to death. Oh. But it, this is, I'm going to bring that it back. dark quickly. I'm telling you, you made the jokes and now I got to bring it back. So don't worry, <laughs> I'm going to bring it back. So uh, the Vessel Nuts and Yards are closed permanently because the 14-year-old jump from the 150-foot structure, it's the, it's the fourth... It's the fourth one. It's the fourth person who's oh, jumped. Uh, the adolescent was climbing. He, I don't think it was necessary. He wasn't trying to. He was, climbing, he was climbing the sculptural spiral with his parents and the sister and appeared to be, he, he appeared to leap from the edge at 1 p.m., blah, blah, blah. The family staying at the hotel nearby. Um, the developer of the Hudson Yards is very upset and it's, it, the, the installation is closed for good. It's a big part of the Manhattan like it's the new, it's one of the new things yeah. to see in Hudson Valley. So that's really the story. So I was talking to my wife about it this morning and I said, I don't, if I had designed that or was on the approval board or was one of the builders, but especially if I was the designer, I couldn't sleep at night knowing that six, four people had, you know, plunged from their deaths. Maybe on purpose or not on purpose, it don't matter. 
I said to myself, I didn't think I could deal with it anymore. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't live with myself knowing that I designed something that people kill themselves from. Now, here's the question. We're knife makers. Somebody has one of your knives and they either hurt someone very badly or themselves with your knife. Are you still going to be a knife maker? And I'm going to start off, give you a little minute. Because I was talking to my wife about it and I said, if I was involved, if one of my knives was involved in something like that, I would stop making knives because it would be too hard for me. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, I know Doug Markite, it will kill for some reason that has never been something that I thought I think is something to be smile about or, or be cute about. I find it to be actually quite disturbing, but that's my opinion. If one of my knives was involved in something like that, no problem. I got something else to do. I'm not going to do this anymore. I would be devastated. I would be mm. devastated. How do you, how would you feel if something that you designed was involved in something hairy like that? Yeah. No, I mean, it's always a possibility, right? Yeah. hundred mm. yeah. percent. I've, I've given this a lot of thought really in the past because for some people that's their, that's their sort of marketing shtick as well. You know, right. oh, it will kill, you know, it's a weapon, you know, and you know, some people's bios, you know, we make weapons, that kind of thing. And I know there's a, there's a different sort of mentality in the U S um, with, you know, with knives and, you know, hunting is a much bigger thing over there than, than maybe it is over here. Um, but I'm always very careful with the sort of language that I use, whether it's on the website or wherever it may be that, you know, th these are, you know, primarily culinary knives you know I, I did do a, a different style of knife for a while um but yeah it's, it was a real difficult one and even now with the, with this folder you know the whole idea is it you know this is going to be something that people are going to be carrying with them at all times so you know th there's a chance that you know if they're in any sort of conflict <coughs> that people may sort of you know get this little knife out and you know i've got a knife whether it's to defend themselves or not and it's it's a difficult one because yeah it's i'm completely you know i'm I'm very sort of anti-violence and any sort of confrontation i'm very much against anyway it's difficult but i think if if you're trading under that kind of you know i sell weapons it's it's probably going to happen to you because the people who are buying them from you, they they see them as weapons. I think if we've marketed correctly, but it's used incorrectly and something does happen, I think I'd be okay with it. I, I would be okay with it, but I think my conscience would would be okay with it. Let's just take marketing out because if you look at the vessel, yeah, that vessel was built as a sculpture. It was not intended to be like a you know what it wasn't intended for people to fall out of and it yeah. wasn't and especially considering like the planning boards would have been involved in the approval of it that's why i was thinking if i was on the planning board i wouldn't be able to sleep because i said that this is going to be fine or if i was the architect i'm getting like i'm getting like goosebumps thinking about it i would if i had any involvement in it even when i when i'm, I'm saying you're removed from its you know so with the knife making don't worry about the marketing there's nothing to do with the marketing this is Somebody grab one of your knives and fucking plunge it into somebody from off the kitchen block. But this could go uh, like the way of, you know, you mentioned how, how cool a one wheel was. M let's say a little kid heard that and goes out and buys a one wheel, then gets in an accident. Are you I'm not making terrible? one wheels anymore. But you're going <laughs> to feel terrible because you said yes. how cool they are. I'd... Not, not <laughs> how cool they are. I have nothing to do with one wheel. If I made one wheels... What about that fucking guy from uh, who made the uh, the two wheeler who went off the cliff? I would have a problem with that too. I wouldn't want to be involved in that. 
And I'm 100%. I mean, I'm just being very honest. And we're obviously yeah, yeah. trying oh, to come yeah, up with yeah. something. We're coming back from vacation. We're trying to give you a little bit of <laughs> blood pumping through your veins. I'm not talking about like, you know, somebody, Nick Hershey says, it depends on the detail was uh, self defense. Don't, get, guys, don't like lock me into some sort of like, well, it depends. Somebody takes a knife and plunges it into someone else, and it wasn't intended. That wasn't the intended purpose of what you were making. Yeah. Are you going to continue doing it? Yeah. I, personally, yes. I'd feel terrible, um, yeah. but I think I'd have a, a sort of clear conscience that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not a, a tool that I've made deliberately for somebody to do that with. Of course. You know, so I think I'd have a clear conscience. It'd be a terrible thing, but I, I personally, I would continue doing what I'm doing. Mareka, you've been pretty quiet. You've given us a lot of thought. What do you think? Give it some thought. Oh, I mean, how the fuck am I supposed to talk with you guys rattling back and forth at each other? No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> you want some good shit? You want some good shit? You got to get that. Come on, man. Um, I'm actually with Craig, honestly. I mean, obviously, that's uh, the thing I'm making is not made for that intent. But it, how people are using them after they receive them is that I don't think that's on me personally i obviously would feel horrible it would be incredibly regrettable that that happened with one of my tools but i don't i i don't think i would need to quit making knives i I mean i don't know why i would need to stop making people what if they like the the, the whole thing is is (laughs) if it became a trend if it became a trend that people were killing each other with these fucking expensive knives then i'd be like hmm Maybe I'm not going to be making expensive knives. This is what if I'm it was talking one, about. Like a weird one-off thing. Like I don't know if that would be a reason. I'm talking about they're making. closing the vessel down. Yeah. Because four people have jumped from it. Yeah. Four. So it's not like one random thing. I know somebody wrote in the thing. What if somebody cuts it? I've gotten messages from people that cut themselves. I'm not like, all right, I'm stopping making knives anymore. I'm talking about you got a trend of four people. Yeah. <laughs> four people put it on it. Four people got put on with one of your knives unintended because you're supposed to be cutting celery. I'm quitting. I'm starting something else. I can do something else. I'm like, fuck you, man. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make something else. Sure. Oh, I wouldn't do it. I couldn't. I could. This to me is is wonderful. I love this life. I love everything about it. But my like, my mental, my mental whatever is far more important. I couldn't do Why it. Why do you feel like you're people? responsible for okay, it? Jeff, I'm not yeah. feel responsible, but I would feel I would feel some isn't, sort aren't, of, isn't that you feeling responsible for it though? And so no, much I mean, so that I, you would have to maybe, quit. Maybe maybe may, not responsible for the action, but like I'm putting it out in the world and it was received in a way that it wasn't intended to be. Uh, I would feel a degree of responsibility for that probably to a certain degree. I just I know for myself I wouldn't be able to sleep four people. I'd be like four different people, four different knives. I'm I'm hanging it up. I'm gonna make something else. I'll make some lures again. I'll make some whatever. I, so I, so I'm just being. I'm just poking that question oh. out there. So, so I mean, let's you know, say, obviously, you guys are far more interested in money than you are. In, in it's you know, nothing the, to do with the money. public. Oh, it yeah, has nothing, nothing to do with, do with money. money. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Let, let's 100%, say, percent. Yeah. Let's say we finish the podcast now. You you jump in your jeep there behind you. You you roll out to the shop and right. some somebody's on a one wheel behind and you hit them yeah. over. They yeah. they're paralyzed. They're in a bad way. You yeah. never driving again. That wasn't that wasn't your intention. It was I am your... going to. It is going to. It is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Yeah, oh, like yeah, I see that the yeah. people involved, even the minorest details. I'm not talking about the guys like putting the screws into, you know, the putting the screws in for the the vessel, but like there should be. I mean, as a human being, 
strip away all these like legal terms and all these like, well, you know, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm not sleeping. So if I'm not sleeping because I feel guilty and I'm racked with guilt, I, you can't really, you have to work through that, right? Hmm. It would be difficult. T- Tim Brown, I think I'd be okay, but I do design ammunition for the event. He's a warmonger. We, we've Listen, got of, we've got a couple of warmongers. Well, in the chat. it's fine. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm not saying, I'm not. This was, this was just. I was, I was on in the bathroom this morning, and I saw this article, and I just thought this is an interesting topic, and I thought maybe we needed an interesting topic. topic. It's good. It's good. I just believe yeah. in my heart, and I'm not saying I don't need to be like. Here, here, Jeff. It's not your fault. I know I wouldn't sleep. I know I would need some deep, deep, dark, you know, like real self-reflection. And I'd be like, "Fuck this! I'm not doing this anymore." I have. I can. I can do something else with definitely feeling as though I'm being, you know, that something that I've produced and put out in the world will be helpful and not something that could be done. But not be irres- not irresponsible is the right word, but you know, something like that wouldn't happen. Of course, you right. could be in the so, two by four business, and somebody hits somebody over the head with a two by four. Are you going to stop Hershey making two by fours? With a really good comment. Go ahead. So what just, about? Okay. Just put your maker's mark on the left side so the news cameras don't see it. <laughs> Nick, Hershey, Nick Hershey going downtown. That was a that was a good, good job, Nick. Um. So so, so what about this kind of uh, perspective? So if somebody is in Tend to hurt with the knife, and it just happens to be yours. But honestly, take your knife out of the picture. Like, if somebody's intending to, of course, of so I feel like to allow how the event something it just ended up being used in that case. I I, just, I don't I. I'm gonna I say something uh, that again. You obviously, like. it'd be terrible, but. <laughs> you're, you're, I don't you're, think I would. You're, I would. I wouldn't feel responsible for that at all. You're. What you just did was you negotiated your emotional and mental state. You, you, you negotiated okay. down how you wouldn't feel. You, you did. That's what that was. It's like, well, you know, if it was like, oh, I'm really you know, trying to these think assholes. About it. I'm. Tr- I'm not, I find it to be a fascinating conversation. We something we never talk about. <laughs> I just, I'm full blasting you guys. By the way, if you just didn't realize that, I just real you know. So, but that, that but that, that it's true. You know, people say this like you know. You say to someone, well, you know, if I walk down the street and hit by the car, what's the difference? I'm not talking about getting hit by a car or whatever. I'm talking about like I know. I get a report. Your knife. Your four of your knives were in four different, you know, crime scenes. I have. I would have a hard time with it. I would have a real hard time with it. I would have a hard time if somebody used it for to for self-inflicted problems or wounds. I would have a real hard time with it if it was used to menace someone. I would have a hard time with it. Regardless, it like a great episode of Murder She Wrote, where and then they've got your signature right. on the knife uh, as listen, well, Jeff. Listen, Eddie Jits, you Eddie down, Jits, and it turns out you're the murderer. Go <laughs> ahead, go ahead, Eddie Jits, Eddie Jits, my man, Eddie Jits. Eddie Jits is the greatest. He's trying to like, he, Eddie wrote, question for you. Someone breaks into you. This is what everybody does. Someone breaks in your house. I'm not talking about breaking into your house. I'm talking about somebody find out about it. Someone breaks into your house and you're one of your customer's homes, grabs a knife and defends themselves and kills the assailant unintentionally while defending her own life. What do you do? I say job well done. I mean, I'm not talking. I mean, I'm not like, um, uh, I really upset. 
I've part of this happened because I've actually had a rash of people having my knives stolen. I had a winemaker out in California who was very upset because he left his car keys in his truck. So he found, got in the car, turned, opened the uh, garage door opener, went in, rummaged through, and took one of my knives. I that bothers me. You know, it's had like three or four times it's happened. It bothers me. Yes, of course. You want to give me a scenario, guys? Feel free to give me a scenario, but prepare yourself for the answer you're not prepared for. Cause it's gonna be just like I'm not gonna be falling for the banana tailpipe. If you want to I'm talking if some obviously if it's it's a situation, we're not talking about like, you know, person's a good person or bad person. I'm talking about like, you know, if the dude was thrown off the vessel, that's you know, that's a different story. If you throw someone off the vessel, then you don't feel so bad because the guy was a piece of shit. But the guy's kid slips and falls or he kills himself, then you feel slightly, you know, it shouldn't happen. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. I know we, we do want to change the situation to see how Go ahead. you feel about it. Let's Go ahead. say you're still in the, the restaurant. Or let's say you're not in the restaurant business. You invite a friend over for dinner. Go ahead. They choke on an olive. Yeah. That you've, that you've served them. Olives are gone. Out of the house. But no more olives. <laughs> no more olives. No, keep going. Keep going. How do you feel then about, you know, inviting people over and cooking for them again? You know, because it's the same thing. It's that unintentional thing. You, you didn't make this knife intentionally for somebody to use it to harm. The same as you didn't serve the olive. To, to, funny to enough. Funny enough. If that had happened and we had to give the Heimlich on someone, the next time we invited someone over... I guarantee you my wife would say, you're not serving olives this time, right? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just like, we're, we're going right. to have a problem with olives, right? We're going to, we got that squared away. It would be any time I bought olives, any time I even looked at olives, my wife would be like, no, remember the last time that happened. Remember the last time there are olives. You know, <laughs> okay, olives. Come, come, I mean, yeah. let's get going here. Come on. Are they okay, anchovy next. stuffed olives? Those are the best I don't ones. know. Oh, my God. I don't know. There we go. So that was my that was my story of the. I mean, should I do this every so often? Should I, like I come it. up with? I like it. Yeah, I will That's come good. up with a full blast question for you two to for us to get our blood pumping. Jeff gets <laughs> deep. Okay, let's have a word from one of our sponsors. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get fifteen percent off with promo code. Knife Talk 15. Do it now. 15% off. You'd be a fool not to. Um, and that reminds me, something else that I've been doing the last two weeks. Um, so that was Brian from the Work For It podcast. And Jeff has already mentioned his podcast, which is, uh, what's it called again, Jeff? The Full Blast Podcast. Oh, yes, that's what it's called. Um, they're part of the Makery Network. And a lot of people have been messaging me saying the, the Makery website is down. Um, that's been for a reason. I've been working on it. So it's having a sort of relaunch. Um, completely simplified, so it's a lot less work for me. Um, and that should be live by the time this goes live on Monday. So there's a bunch of shows, obviously, on there. Everybody can link to all the shows, and it's a nice way to just discover new content. So, yeah, the maker, well, makery.network will be back again on Monday morning. Jocko, are you still there? Check in with Jocko. <laughs> Grateful Knives wants to know if you're still there. Are you still there, Jocko? I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, shall we take another question? Uh, Morocco, do you want to take the next one? Yeah. This one is from Tradition Knives. Can you dive into the uh, restrictions slash requirements for sending a knife in the mail in the U.S.? And is there a preferred method between USPS, UPS, or FedEx? 
What do you think, Jeff? Within the U.S., Jeff, that's got to be you. If unless it has a lithium battery in it, I don't think you're going to have a problem. Yeah, Jocko, <laughs> Jocko's checking in. I, I, Captain. Yeah, I think the male. Good job, Jocko. We're you know we're with you 100. percent I think that the, the the I don't. I remember when I was a kid, I used to go through I was at Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops, and I was looking at like whatever, and it would have these restrictions on where you can sell certain things, slingshots and stuff like that, and. Sure. I always wondered where that is. So if you put something in a box and you send it in the mail and it goes to another address and there's, it's not like these are getting x-rayed. I mean, I can't imagine. I think that if you're caught with them, it's a problem in certain states and stuff like that. But in the United States, I've never heard of any problems. Actually, my sister used to say to me, she said, you're sending a knife in the mail. Isn't that illegal? I'm like, where do you, how, what am I supposed to do? Use a fucking carrier pigeon? Hand, deli- mm. no, I mean, hand deliver it. Yeah. It's, I mean, no, it's not illegal. It's a, no. It no. is illegal in the UK, which is, is crazy. It? But yeah, how would they right. know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, for me, when I, a lot of my customers are in the UK um, and I need to fill like an import export form because I'm not in the UK. Um, and it specifically says on there that no um, weapons or knives. And, and again, we've talked about the whole whether the knife is a weapon or not. Um, but it specifically says the word knives um, allowed. Um, and even, uh, you know, third party carriers such as, you know, DPD, DHL and all those kind of things, they all stipulate no knives. So technically, nobody should be shipping knives into the UK. Um, I think Amazon UK removed all knives from sale for that reason. Um, but I literally just, this will wind Jeff up. I just, when, when it's, you've got to list what you have, I just write art or table art just to confuse them. Um, I get no problem with that. Table art. Yeah. yeah you, want to put, you want to say your stuff is bullshit? That's fine by me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think anybody's checking. Um, but yeah, you know, so you know, te- technically, it's you know, it's it's very difficult to sell knives in the UK because you can't ship them. But the, but these these restrictions have nothing to do with the mail. Like, you, there's no they, there's no way that there can be an analysis of all the packages that are flown. Or I mean, people are sending weed in the mail. You yeah. know, people have been sending weed in the mail for years. You know, in Special regards delivery. to. Yeah, whatever. But in regards to um, using UPS, FedEx, or United States Postal Service, I'm a fan of the Postal Service. I really like it. I've had very, very few problems with it. UPS, I find to be extraordinarily expensive, very expensive. And FedEx is expensive too. Both of them are also not close to where I live. And I've created a relationship with my postal people and I like the post office. In regards to se- sending stuff, the only thing I worry about is stuff getting stolen. I actually had a knife that was stolen from Henry Golding, Snake Eyes, and I had to remake the knife for him. But it was stolen out of his house. I didn't have to make it. I wanted to make it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I I honestly, I trust, the especially within the United States, I trust the USPS. There's... I haven't had any experience or reason to not. And like you just said, Jeff, like the UPS and FedEx are both extremely expensive for shipping in the United States. And since I've started doing registered mail, like I'm, I'm capable of fully insuring my knife 
for $12.46 or whatever it costs on top of the, the normal packaging cost or not packaging cost, but the cost of shipping whatever package I bring in and it gets there. No problem. And I feel good about it. And yeah, again, the, regarding restrictions. Yeah. I don't think there are any restrictions in the United States. There, there might be certain, like, ah, uh, what is it? I think like in Washington state, like a switchblade is technically illegal, but in Oregon it's not, but again, who is no nope, like Jeff said? Them. Nobody, right? Yeah, nobody's scanning them. Nobody's gonna know. I'm like, wait a second, is this a switchblade? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no. that's the thing that I, I find to be. I mean, you know, it's 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 similar to this whole COVID thing. I mean, people aren't. No. I was saying, talking to somebody where you know people in the United States thought that the police were going to start knocking on your door at Thanksgiving, depending on how many cars are in your driveway. It never happened. You know, I think that, you know, I don't, I think that they're probably, I think they're more, I'll tell you what's interesting is when I was go, flying to California a couple of years ago, sorry about the, the, the wind guys, I'm, you know, we're whatever. It's the, um, I was You're flying to California, <laughs> I'm past that, I'm past that, so to speak. I'm past all that, so to speak. The um, when I flew with a pile of knives and we and we and put them under the plane, you know, we checked them. I was concerned that there were gonna, there was going to be some sort of extra, you know, questioning. And I, when the woman, you know, I was giving the woman, I said, "These are, you know, k- kitchen knives. Is that okay?" And she goes, "Are there any lithium batteries in there?" And I said, "No." And she goes, "I don't give a fuck." You know, she didn't say, "I don't give a fuck," but it was basically like, "I don't care what's in there as long as it's not a lithium battery." I wish she did say that. Yeah, right. can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> this all reminds me of something. Actually, I wanted to talk uh, a question for you guys. You know, uh, Marek and I were talking about how I mean, UPS is very expensive. Like it's. It- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know... It's crazy. Like even just you know very close. It, it doesn't by. make sense. Why it's well, it does so make sense expensive. because because it's uh, you know the, the the drivers are all teamsters. You know it's a union. It's a union. Uh, it's a union I, uh, job. I haven't thought about that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was was interesting because I, it made me think about the restaurant business. We do culinary knives in the restaurant business, and uh, according wait, so what was that again? So somebody somebody said uh, according to U.S. some mail is X-rayed apparently. Then yeah, I, I don't th- like I said. I, not, I, I'm under the impression that not. I, it would be crazy to to be able to decipher some you know like Cliff Clavin from Cheers at the post office is deciphering <laughs> deciphering a switchblade from a you know a, a slip joint. But what it made me realize was thinking about like okay, so you're paying extra for you're paying extra for uh, UPS because they're Teamsters. It made me think about the restaurant business in terms of like. There's these, you know, there are these people saying, you know, we can't get people to go back to work. And the solution is to pay the people more money, to pay the people, pay the workers more money, and then they'll want to come back to work and not be on the dole. Hmm. And it made me realize, and this is a similar thing with the UPS versus, you know, everything else is then the, then it's on the consumer to make the decision whether they're going to pay more 
afford the food because all of a sudden you're paying everybody $15 an hour and then your hamburger went from $5 to $25. And then you have to decide if it's too expensive for you. Same thing with supporting UPS. You know, you could say I'm, I support unions and so I'm going to pay a premium and use union labor and, and go with, but we're cheap. We might not say I want to use UPS because it's a union. I don't, you know, I just want to get the cheapest price. And I was just interested to see what you think in regards to that. Does that make sense? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, it's it's always that short term thing, isn't it? As, as opposed to the long term goals, you know, uh, most people don't think that far ahead. Whereas, you know, let's let's say um, you, you're buying a pair of trainers or whatever it is. It's the same product every year, but you want to get it as cheap as you can. Right. You don't think of what re- what is really happening. There's a store right. owner there who's making less of a profit than you know somewhere else where they're making a bigger. You know, people don't generally do that. Do they they think of the the impact on on themselves in that moment. They don't think about the long longer term things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something that you know would be different over here because we don't have a. a, a Actually, we do. We do have in France. We do have a government-run post office called La Poste, and that is really our only option, unless we go to FedEx, um, but um, or DHL or something like that. Exactly, yeah. Um, but you know, for me here, I live in an area where they don't even cover. You know, FedEx say they'll cover the whole world, but that they will come here, but for an extra hundred and fifty euros, kind of thing, you know, and for one package, oh. it's really not worth it. Um, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one, and it's you know particularly when it comes to things like you said with food and things like that, you you know the the value of things, you know the value is what it's worth worth to you, and I think you're not necessarily thinking about the welfare of the, you know we've all got our iPhones in our hand, we all know the, the you know what the real welfare situation is there for the people who are making these, you know, but um, you, you can also bring it back to, to the knife on. world. Bringing it back to the knife world, we Tony and I refer to, we dealt with uh, an organization who decided to go with what we refer to as the slow boat from China knives. You know what I'm saying? Like a kind of the high end, the high, the higher end cheap knives that, you know, come over from the slow boat from China. And you could also make the point of like, well, how do we rationalize that in terms of as custom knife makers too? Hmm. Yeah, Very interesting. No, it's a, an interesting one. It's a difficult one. Um, but yeah, I think getting people to see over the short term benefits is, is quite is quite difficult, personally. Personally, Jacko, are you accepting? <laughs> I was um, going to say the same thing. That is the perfect as a perfect segment. The perfect are you accepting segment. calls? We're not. But if oh. I can give you, I can give you Alex's number if you want. If you want to ring Alex, I can, I can give you his number. <laughs> um, we, we actually could pick give, let's give him his number. Have <laughs> call Alex. Jacko, you still there? You still there, buddy? <laughs> okay, Jeff, do you want to take the next question? Yes, this one comes from Michael Michael Berg Falk. I don't know if that's the right name, but I'm sorry, man. Hey, guys, long-time listener, first-time caller. I was wondering if you could go over some of the finer points of a subcritical anneal. Love the show. Recco? Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> what actually... I think that there's a lot of people who... Want it to be demystified what a subcritical anneal actually is and what purposes and where you put it in the heat treatment process. Right. If you really want to understand the nitty gritty, get Dr. Laren Thomas's book, Knife Engineering, 
stop asking us. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, so the subcritical anneal, it's it's a thing that you can do after after forging, uh, or even grinding. It's it's something you do before your final hardening. Uh, in my heat treat process, I do, what do I do? So I do a, a couple grain refining cycles. Um, and then on the third one, I do a full harden, a quench and a full harden. But then I do a subcritical anneal after that. And what I've been doing in those previous thermal cycles is I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm refining the grain, but I'm also kind of reorganizing the distribution of carbon throughout the steel. And then when I do the subcritical anneal or what Dr. Laren Thomas would call a temp, uh, what does he call it? A temper anneal. Um, or sorry, a, a martensite anneal is because you're annealing from martensite rather than a different form, a crystalline structure. And that also helps let, there's something about it. I can't remember what it is, um, but what it, it does is it kind of spheroidizes the carbon that is in the, the iron matrix um, in the steel. And it also, um, it, it, they've, studies have shown that knives are, uh, show greater toughness at similar hardnesses as others who haven't gone through the temper anneal or uh, the, the martensite anneal. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it's something about the grain, the austenite grain, and it ha like each of the spheroidized carbo or carbon um, it, within the iron. <laughs> this is why you got to get the book because I'm an idiot trying to explain this. We got to get Larry. Well, I mean, but basically, can... it, it helps. It kind of like with the even distribution and and the ultimate final hardness and toughness of the steel when you when you harden from tempered martensite rather than. Uh, or, or uh, rather than like a perlite structure or some other crystalline structure. So basically, I mean, from what I understand, the simplicity of it all is you're, you're, it's, it's not normalizing. It's similar, but you're slowing it down at a, it's a this critical, s slower, than, a lower temperature than the critical temperature. And it's a long, slow cool down that makes it kind of more like being annealed you know, making it soft so you can kind of do fool around with it. And you're having a very, very low sh grain structure. Low is not the right word. Yeah. It's wow. like two, uh, what is it? 1250 Fahrenheit is usually where people are doing their, uh, martensite tempers or subcritical anneals. This reminds yeah. me of a question to ask you guys. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> and, how, and how does that make you feel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if a guy named Martin came over to your house with a knife. <laughs> and his wife, Pearl. Yeah. And his okay. wife, Pearl. Martin and Pearl. <laughs> On site. Yeah. So let's go. talk about another one of our sponsors. Um, and this is a really cool one because um, we've worked with Dharma Steel. Um, and we did the, the chef invitational, that kind of thing. So what we're doing, we're calling out a Dharma Steel knife of the week. So if you tag, if you use Dharma Steel and you tag um, that, you know, that on Instagram with a picture of it and you tag Dharma Steel and, chat and tag us as well, we'll pick the best one and we'll talk about it on the show. Um, so we've got a lovely one this week. Um, and this is from actually a friend of the show as well. First of all, can either of you guys guess whose work this is? So if you're yes. watching live, you'll be able to see yes. the image of the, the... I think it's quite obviously this guy's work. Who, who do we think it is? It's, Joshua it's, Prince. It's Josh Prince, yeah. It is. Prince works Forge. Um, 
amazing knife beautiful beautiful knife um and again if you're watching live you'll be able to see this image it'll be in the video that we'll put live on Monday but that as could well. be an andreas kalani hand you could say that was an andreas kalani hand with all the you know bracelets, bracelets. <laughs> <laughs> i like um, the blade what, profile it has a nice like a french chef's knife kind of profile to it it's it's a lovely looking blade. It really is. Um, yeah. and this one was um, eating tools actually. Um, sort of reposted yeah. this and ex explained that it's a Dharma steel knife. Um, and so yeah, I went to Josh's um profile, found out a bit more about the blade. So the actual uh, handle is um made with holly wood, not Hollywood, holly mm. wood. Um, and it's got some cherry G10 there. I assume as some sort of liner between that bolster maybe you can't quite see um and the pattern the the dharma steel pattern is a heimskringler i believe heimskringler um but it's a beautiful beautiful blade and if you want to make a dharma steel blade um if you if you set up an account on um i think it's dharmasteel.com maybe um you, you'll find dharma steel online they're everywhere um but if you use knife talk 10 you're going to get 10 percent off off that price as well of, of that steel so that's a big big saving to be made um so yeah look online look for some inspiration from other makers out there they're making some beautiful stuff and and you could do that too with 10 percent off <sighs> okay holly um, wood holly i actually have a friend named wood. holly wood would she how dare yeah, you guess. sir this is an outrage <laughs> this is an outrage oh, would she? this is an outrage uh, an outrage <laughs> Okay, Mareko, do you want to take the next question? Yes. I also, I, sorry for interrupting. I also, anytime you do want, it. I have unsolicited advice. I have hot takes. I have DMs of positivity at your leisure. Okay. You do we want to jump there? Nope. Let's do Keep one more you... question. One more Go question. Okay. Maybe we'll get some positivity into us. All right. Uh, this is from Steve-O Stevens. Uh, he says, I'm a new maker from South Africa. I would like to know what your processes are for being able to remove a hidden tang ha handle after gluing all the pieces together in order to shape the handle without it being stuck to the blade. As I'm new, I'm still clumsy around the grinder, so uh, scared to mess up the blade by mistake. Thanks for the great podcast. Any mm. tips, advice? Mm. Maybe Jeff, you could take this because I know you had an issue with a hidden tang blade of of um, Florentine blades, uh, kitchen knives. You, you you had one of those and you messed up something on the handle or something wasn't quite right. Did you try and remove the handle then, or did you just scrap the thing? If I if I if I grind too far, then I remove the handle. But I'm a big fan of grinding the knife on the handle on the knife. I'm not a fan of taking it off and grinding it separately. I for some reason it like I feel like I need the whole thing together. Um I'm a also a big fan of taping the shit out of the knife. I don't use masking tape when I tape the blades up. I use like I have a pile of t-shirts and rags mm. and electric tape and I and I wrap it up. Sometimes I I've nicked a heel of before. Uh nicked the heel on a grinder. I've done that before. Um but I try to be as careful as possible. Now, what you could also do is as we've talked about before is bedding the tang. Bedding the tang is where you do a pre drill you drill your hole so your tang fits in with a lot of slop. You put in uh the epoxy into the hole. You put some wax on the tang and the end of the bolster you drive it in or you put it in you glue it up and then you heat the you heat the bolster up it releases 
from the uh, it heats up the wax, releases from that mold, and you have like a mold, a positive and negative mold of where mm -hmm. your tang fits in direct. And then you can take it apart and put it back together. And then that's how you can do that. And we've talked about it in the past. Also, uh, I, I feel like Nick Wheeler did a video on it. Um, he did. Nick Wheeler's YouTube channel. So that's also if you want to watch about that. But, I mean, those are the two ways to go about it. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, shall we have some positive DMs? We have... One DM of positivity <laughs> from <laughs> everybody one. pissed that we've been gone. <laughs> well, there has been a lot, for some reason, there has been a lot of like people get upset about it. You know, the, the like I, I've been mentioning a million times, Howard Stern dropped on his listeners that he's taking the entire summer off. He, the, the whole, his whole, the whole summer. And he, he doesn't, the, most of these radio guys don't say when they're going on vacation because they just know people are going to be pissed. He took off the whole summer that was part of his deal 500 million dollars yeah. no summer so he's got the whole summer off so we just took two weeks off so it's fine this dm of positivity comes from brigham ken kendall good vibes last weekend my boy and i got to meet josh smith uh, who had a booth at an archery event and and talk for, and we got to talk for a while I got a little bit of mercy from him, including some axe wax, and then he gave my kid a shirt, which made his day. I love our community. Nice. That's that. great. Whilst we're on community, um, we've had something in our, in our live chat here. Grateful Knives said, I'm grateful for this chat. Let, let me get to know Jacko. We became mates, and I'll go visit him in Canada, and he's going to come to me in the Netherlands. So thanks, guys. Pen wow. pals. Pen How pals nice. in the chat. Wow. Pen pals in the chat. Look at you. Look That's at you. Cool. We have hot takes, unsolicited advice. We have a pile of unsolicited advice. We got some good hot takes. And let's, let's uh, do a. How about some hot takes? Hot okay. Takes. As you all know, hot takes are basically, you know, it's, it would be nice if you guys were a little bit more nuanced and just not bitching. I'd like a little bit of like nuance. I had a couple of nuanced ones and some of them are, some of them are so bad. I just like delete, delete, delete. It's just not, I can't. Um, the first one comes from, huh, this is, uh, uh, well, we got <laughs> Andrew Lichtenstein says, I got a beef. Uh, I got to be at work when KTP goes live. Haven't been able to tune in. Need to call in. Need to call out sick. That's not really a hot take. I just read it for some reason. Uh, Brotherhood Blade says, here's a hot take. Bragging about freehand grinding is the same as bragging about your Pokemon card collection at 35. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, I like nice. that. That the I want more metaphors, guys. Give me metaphors. I want metaphors. Wait. Yeah. News just in. Metaphors News just in. Andrew Lech, Lich or Lich, who just said that he made to call in sick. He's here today. He's, he's called he, in sick. He's <laughs> called in sick. Good for you, Andrew. Jesus. He called out sick. He just said wow. I called out sick. He's here. We did it. Oh, we did it. This show's for you, Andrew. Longer. This one's for you and Jocko. You, Andrew and Jocko get the full, get the uh, whole treatment. Uh, I do like Brotherhood's Knives thing. I do think that like we get a little bit too like, you got to do it like this. You got to do it like this. This is yeah. bullshit. And this is, yeah. um, I like the Pokemon card uh, collection at 35. It's good. All right. So Lonely, <laughs> Lonely Knives says, here's a hot take. People who use a file as a sanding stick have the nuts the size of Jeff's blue ball bag. <laughs> No, thank you. I have to. Do you use a, you use a file as a 
as a as a sanding stick. Yeah. Wow. A, a sharp file. Oh no 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 not a sharp. Oh, I mean I, I ground the file. teeth off. Oh, it's not a file. Ah, right? Okay. Well, why the fuck would you use a file file? Why wouldn't you take the teeth off? It's still hardened steel. He's. And I'll he tell you, says I it. big balls. You got big balls then. I, I, I have to make an admission. I have to make an admission. I, have, I was talking to Aaron Goff for a while, and he's been all, all over me about using those mold polishing sticks, stones. Mold polishing stones. And I used it. For, I, got some on, uh, I got some inexpensive ones. I think I might be using them more often. Oh, They're the really die maker stones. Yeah. The problem yeah. is, is people use them the long way and they say they break. You're not supposed to use oh, yeah. it like a sanding stick. You use it on the edge and you use it like a, you like you're poking at it. Yeah. Things are pretty good because they don't get gummed up. But yeah. I don't know. I start mm-hmm. use it for any days. Uh, here's a hot take from, uh, here's a hot take from Mick Smith. People should, uh, people should start practicing saying, I'm sorry. I don't know enough about this to have an opinion. <laughs> He's right. Very He's right. true. Very That's my true. whole move. My whole move is I don't know nothing. And it, or if you really want to make it a better hot take, and not just I'm sorry, I don't know enough about it to be have an opinion. The real hot take was would be you should say, I'm sorry, I don't care enough to have an opinion. I could care less. <laughs> that would be the real hot take. I don't care enough to know. That would be the hot take. Um, Chris Rosendahl says, maybe here's a hot take. Grinder contact wheels are getting too big. I'm talking about those 14-inch plus ones that look make the 72-inch grinder that make that looks like the 72-inch gr- grinder is a penny farther. Penny farther? Penny, penny farthing. Farthin. Penny what the farthin, fuck is yeah. a penny farthing? Penny farthing. <laughs> you don't... Okay. They, I'm uh, asking. I, remember the part where he says it'd be nice if somebody says, I'm <laughs> sorry, I don't know enough about this opinion. I'm saying, I'm sorry, I don't know what the fuck a penny farthing is. What's penny farthing were the first sort of bicycles. So you remember they had this massive wheel on the front with fixed oh. pedals. Oh, yeah. There's no chain. Massive yeah. front wheel and a tiny wheel on the back. You must have had when you were a kid, Jeff. I had a big wheel. I had a big wheel, but I did not have... I did not wow. know. I would think hat. that I would think that the penny farthings will come back. If the wheels were probably easier to make, I bet they make a comeback. There's in hipsters, Williamsburg, Brooklyn. There's hipsters yeah. in Williamsburg, London. Brooklyn. I bet you. I bet oh, you. You know it. Top you hats, know it. little squirrely mustaches. You can, I can see it now. Yeah, with the steampunk, <laughs> some rivets yeah. and uh, some airplane goggles on. Um, <laughs> And the last one is from John Eiler. Here's a hot take. Doesn't matter what the finish or how long you spent on it, any finish done poorly is a shit finish. Yeah. Look at you, John Eiler. Doesn't matter how much time. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No excuses. Okay. Um, Mareko, tell me about your favorite grinder. My favorite grinder. My favorite, favorite grinder. grinder profile that you you, you regularly look up. Okay, I, mean, your favorite I was going to say Jonathan, but you're talking <laughs> about the Broadback. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jeff is so confused right now. Everybody, listen no, I'm I'm looking. At, yes, I'm confused. I don't know who Jonathan is. Good God, he's, on, he's on Grinder. Oh. Jonathan Porter. Oh. Um, <laughs> 
That's our boy. My Broadback. I love my Broadback. It's a great machine. I have actually, I've been using the, what is it? The, uh, the buffing arm attachment lately. And it's been pretty damn handy, especially for cleaning up my Damascus billets. What I've been doing lately is I'll, I'll let that billet sit in like a phosphoric acid overnight. The next day I come in and I take, I put uh, a wire wheel on it. Uh, it's the same size wire, wire wheel that you'd use on an ankle grinder because it's got the 5 8 arbor. And uh, man, it just rips all that scale and cleans it up really nicely. But it's it's been beautiful to use it. I also just got a hold of the new deep platen and I've been loving that. I actually modified it just a little bit to be a little bit deeper. Um, but it's been really nice to have that extra room to move around. And it's still the long platen so, um, so that you have all the extra length for all your grinding good times. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> it, the, the broadback grinders are awesome because they're made by makers for makers. Um, and not just any makers. These two guys are freaking geniuses. They're both engineers, super smart guys, and they've built a great machine. It, it works horizontally and vertically. Uh, they got all types of attachments. If you don't need a chassis, they've designed their tool arms to be cross-platform so you can so if you have a different chassis that accepts a one and a half inch tool arm you can throw a broadback grinder arm attachment on there they got the disc grinder attachment they got the they got the surface grinder attachment they got the buffing arm attachment they got the small wheel they got the integral they got all kinds of shit so you got to go check them out you go to broadback.com you can save yourself again it's it's 10 percent. is that right with knife talk 10 and um so. and the shipping is included in the united states shipping is included with the price of the of the machine so it's a hard it's it's a hard one to beat honestly i don't actually don't know if you can beat beat that deal and the flexibility that they offer i love the broadback and they're good dudes and they're very if you have questions for sure reach out yeah. to ryan and 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 their instagram page i think that fiery ice and forge i think ben seacrest is now doing their instagram he's he's uh mm. he's involved nice. in okay cool and the ship internationally nice. too it's always good to know um i want to take one more i've just been looking at the questions really quickly um and i do want to take yeah. one quickly so um sharpen socks it says question for craig i restore old knives and cleavers and he's looking where can i find handle material and mosaic pins in europe um and i think specifically in belgium um he's currently getting his handle material from france by etsy um belgium is our sort of neighbor here in france um and i'd recommend uh mercon so m-e-r-c-o-r-n-e dot f-r um, they're brilliant. I get lots of stuff from them. So yeah, handle materials, mosaic pins, all that kind of stuff. Mercon are brilliant. Um, and also, uh, the other one is, uh, GFS knife supplies. They're in the UK, but they ship all over Europe. Like next day, they're, they're amazing. So yeah. So the, if you look for handle materials, those are the two places to go and they'll definitely ship to Belgium. I have okay. one last question. I'm sorry, because I want to erase all the hot takes and the, I want to just, you know, Break sure. the fourth wall down. I want to clear out all the files. There's one question that slipped in here that I just want to kind of ask you guys. This and then while and then I'll be done. And then next week we'll do all unsolicited advice. We don't need any more hot takes. Yeah. Sure. Okay. We got yeah. we got plenty to work through. Uh, this one comes from Robert Corner. He says, "Hey man, I got a question. Do any of you have wrist, finger, or hand problems? And if so, what do you do to keep from doing keep and 
And so how do you keep doing what you're doing? So if you got wrist problems, finger problems, you know, hand problems, how do you keep working and dealing with the problems? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always had really bad circulation, um, particularly for my my feet and my hands. Um, really? Yeah. So that was one of the reasons to learn to play guitar and piano. So they're always they're always being used because oh, wow. that that's the best thing to do. Just keep using them. Um, yeah. So I'd su- I'd suggest that. Um, not that I'm any sort of you know surgeon or anything. So if you if you, you know if you've got if you've got tendon problems that kind of thing, maybe that's not the way to go. But if it's a case of bad circulation, which which I really do suffer with, um, keeping them moving, keep doing stuff and strengthen them up. Um, How does yeah. that affect you? Um, stiff joints, particularly in the mornings. Um, far worse in the winter in colder weather. Um, and I'll generally like my extremes get colder really quickly. So my hands and my feet. Um, Penis. Not so much, not so much. Oh, plenty, penis, plenty, of, pe- plenty of blood flow there. Oh, um, but it, penis but it, has got plenty of blood flow. Huh? But, uh, <laughs> good to hear. Good to hear. But it's it's down to, it's down to blood flow basically. So, um, well, obviously circulation. So, um, so yeah, I find piano and guitar helps massively. Really, um, but but I do find. You know, when I'm making knives, I'm generally working on batches, doing the same thing over and over again. So I do find that my, particularly my wrists, um, can get tired very, very quickly. So I make a bunch of like tools to help me. So for example, with these, with these folders, the blades, you know, they were laser cut out, but the actual blades then, when you're doing the bevels on them, you haven't got much to hold on to. And right. it doesn't mm-hmm. take long before your fingers and your thumb really sort of start cramping up. Um, so I made sort of like a, like a handle with a pin on there to keep them in place. Right. So it's just adapting and making things to help you, you know, not strain basically. Um, yeah, that's, you know, if, if it is a case of circulation, I'm not saying it is, but if it is a case of circulation for him, keep them active and um, yeah, make plenty of jigs and tools that will help you along the way. I mean, the ergonomics in forging is something that's been an issue for a lot of people. There are a lot of people who forge in ways that might not be best for them. Uh, there's a lot of people who, you know, there's a lot of things. I think the one thing, I think the real issue is it's the first time you do anything for a long time. It sucks mm. until you kind of figure out ways in which to kind of adapt. I, it's like running. You run the first time and you're like, this is the worst thing in the world. It's going to take a while to figure it out. Um, in regards to, there are certain times where like hand sanding can, like if I'm hand sanding for weeks on end, I do have to kind of stop. I actually, I made a sanding stick once and I thought I was being clever and it was all ergonomic. And as I was holding, oh, it was a push stick. I made a push stick and it pushed into my hand, my palm of my hand so hard. It, it like, I did like a Vulcan nerve pinch on a nerve in my hand. Hmm. So for two days, my hand was numb and I couldn't figure (laughs) out why. And it was because this fucking, you know, light bulb knobs the sized push stick was too much it was pushing into my hand and knocked it out hmm. well you guys are probably going to laugh at this but um i've spent like the last the last maybe 10 days um at an anvil and you know i generally don't do any sort of anvil work and all i've been doing is just peening um brass pins into the brass um handles for the for these folders 
And um, at first, you know, my, my anvil isn't set up because I, you know, right. I don't do any forging. So at first, I just put it on, you know, on quite a high bench, and I'm, you know, I sort of done a few, and it's quite high up, and I can have a good view of what I'm doing. Um, but you know, after sort of two hours of that, even though I'm only just peening these tiny little brass pins, the bottom mm. of my arm there is aching like hell, and it's like, geez. You know, what about you guys who do forging? But then I realised I've just got this anvil way up in the air. It needs to come a lot lower, you know? Yeah. So it's a lot of the time is maybe just stepping back and seeing, well, <clears throat> you know, look at my sort of shape on, on this. Obviously, I'm going to be in sort of some sort of pain. Um, so, yeah, so that that's that's my anvil story for you. Craig's nice. anvil story of the week. Look at you. <laughs> anvil injuries. First injury. Nice. Oh, nice. I get When I get tennis elbow, I get it in my managing hand. Is, is that what you call here. it? The yeah, managing there hand. Go. There you go. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the managing hand. Stephen Connor is in the chat has said lots of stretching exercises to do before forging. That sure. helps with wrist and elbow uh, mobility. Yeah. I've, yeah I know. And stop me. <laughs> I know that my back doesn't have anything to do with this, but I have noticed that my back, I, I, I just, I'm just getting older and I can't grind the way I used to, which used to be just hours on end. Um, and I just have to take more frequent breaks. And if there's a certain task or something that you're doing and you're finding, especially if it's, you know, in your hands or in your feet or what your back, whatever it is, if you just break that up with range of motion and it doesn't, it hasn't, doesn't have to be a long break or anything, but just a lot of the things we're doing when we're doing this craft is very stagnant motion, unless you're forging. Um, forging is probably the most movement, but anything at the grinder or at the drill press is very stagnant. So if you just take a step back and roll your neck or do wrist rolls and exercises through your hands and fingers and stuff, just take those breaks every few, you know, every, what, whatever is going to work for you. I find I have to stop like every 20 minutes when I'm grinding. I just have to, but I'm only stopping for like a minute and a half, two minutes just to do some neck rolls and shit like that, just to help break it up because if I'm just locked in in that position the whole time for an hour and a half, two hours, it's going to kill me. But if I break yeah. it up, it's not going to be as bad. Yeah. Yeah. And let's say it's something like, um, like hand sanding. Um, it's going to help if you're using good stuff and the best stuff to use is obviously Rhino wet from Indasa. Um, it's what I use, it's what Jeff uses, what Mareko uses. I know a lot of people who watch the show are now using it and they've thanked us for it. So yeah, use good stuff. You can't get better if you're hand sanding than using uh, Rhino Wet by Indasa. Um, but we can also get you a discount. If you go to TexasFarriersupply.com, you'll get 10% off that order. But the good thing is they don't only do Rhino Wet. They do lots and lots of stuff for, uh, for knife makers. So go have a look. TexasFarriersupply.com. They've got a whole section there for knife makers. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you're going to get 10% off. And remember to tell them where you heard that. And and just to let you know, if you listen to the latest episode of the Full Blast podcast, we covered a story about this woman on OnlyFans or TikTok who did a massive video where she shaved her legs with 600 grit sandpaper. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> it was like in this. It was a story because it was like she shaved her legs with 600 grit sandpaper and then i did a plug for rhino wet so if you're gonna nice. you know go to texas ferry supply to get your <laughs> your you know leg shaving materials get yourself some 600 because i hear it works we've got somebody in the chat who is portuguese and they're from i think it's aviro um which is the hometown of the indasa factory who would have thought 
Dude, but, um, wow. Yeah, you must have a rhino wet on tap there. That must be pretty cool. Yeah, it's just it's just like if, you know, instead of the leaves are falling from the trees, yeah. it's like sheets of six hundred grit. He wipes his ass with two thousand grit. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, of course, of course. There's the coasters, all the coasters in the house. The kids are writing their homework on twenty five hundred grit. It's great. <laughs> okay, I think that's a show. I think we've covered virtually everything. Let's just quickly do our hopes and dreams for the week, uh, just because I like the. Uh, the jingle and we've been pretty like free on jingles today we haven't done many <sighs> Mareko what's your hopes and dreams for the week where would you like to be this time hopes next week? and dreams yeah um, back in the shop out of the, you know having a nice break from uh, from the vacation or with the vacation is also giving me time. I, you know, I've been talking about on the podcast about kind of planning some educational content. And so I've been doing some of that work to kind of storyboarding things and organizing how I'll make that work. Um, and just kind of getting back to the shop and being productive again and, uh, and being smart about how I'm using my body. Nice. I'm excited. Nice. We're excited about how you use your body, Morocco. Yeah, baby. <laughs> it's all in the hips. <laughs> Jeff, what's the uh, the big dream for the week? I would like to send my dream to our friend Steve Pellegrino, who I talked to mm. over while I was in Wisconsin. He was in a car accident, a crazy freak car accident. He was driving with his girl and a branch fell through the sunroof, hit him in the head, Give him some lacerations on the head, but it cracked a couple of spine par parts, some ver vertebrae. So I talked to him. He's a friend of his. He's too proud to do to do anything about it. He's gonna be. I talked to him a couple times. He's gonna be out of the hot. He's out of the hospital. He is going to be in recovery for a while. I don't think they're gonna be doing surgery. I think it's gonna be something along the lines of uh, just kind of like. It's going to heal on its own in a certain way, but he's got to be out of the shop for a while. Mm -hmm. So a friend of his put up a, a GoFundMe. I, I don't know. I don't have a link offhand. I don't really need to do it, put it up. I think there's probably enough people who have put up on it, and he knows about it. I was very hesitant to talk about it because I didn't know if that was something you wanted to be involved with. He said to, oh, yeah, I forgot. He told me, he says, he told, he says just be tasteful, Jeff. Just be tasteful. You don't have to bring it up on the podcast. And I'm just re remembering that part of our conversation. So I'm being tasteful now, Steve. I'm being tasteful. I, he's he's uh, he's he's sitting pretty, hoping to get him back in the shop soon. Um, there is yeah. a GoFundMe to help him out. Uh, he's going to have some, you know, not being in the shop for a while and probably some medical bills. So, you know, sending our best to Steve Pellegrino. Great yeah. guy. Yeah. Okay. My hopes and dreams for the week. Um, I hope in that waking up tomorrow, not feeling as heavy and as rough as I've been feeling um, would be nice. Um, I've got a gig on Thursday, so the day before we, we do our next podcast. And it's our first gig with this new band. And we've only been, you know, we've we've probably done four, maybe five rehearsals together. That's all. And we've got our first gig. So it's, it's a, yeah, there's a lot going on, a lot of practice I need for that. Um these folders, I'm hoping to get um, them done and hopefully launched within maybe not next week, the week after. But what I'm trying to come up with an idea for the first sort of 20 soul to make them a bit more unique. Um, mm. 
it's just a complete marketing exercise to get people buying, basically. Um, so that may be some sort of specific lasering on them or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. So there's 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 a bit of work to be done there and some photography, all that kind of stuff, ready ready for launch. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a fun filled week, lots going on, and again, just the management of these bunch of monkeys currently working on the house, um, who can't seem to even. <laughs> Make make their own lunch at the moment. It's yeah. It's it's not. You good. treat them too. You're nice. making lunch for them. Yeah, you treat them too nice. Are you giving them beer too? Uh, they're having beers <laughs> occasionally. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What a guy. But it's, it's just one of those things. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll fly over and slam some nails for you. Yeah, that's what she said. We haven't had one of those vacation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's literally all hands on deck, ready to get. Uh, we need to be in the house October, and we've got you know two two little ones here running around. Anything that right. looks slightly dangerous, they're sort of drawn to like magpies. So we need to make sure everything's ready and ship shape, ready for them. So yeah, it's all all fun and games. Damn but kids. yeah, I think that is a show. Um, thank you all for listening in the chat. Um, Andrew, Craig, will you ever play us a sample on that axe behind you? Nah, I don't think so. Don't think so. Um, these mics got really heavy compression on them, and guitar doesn't come over really well on it at all. That's my excuse. Mm. That's, That's a good my... excuse. I was, a, I was like a radio excuse. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, thank you all for um, <laughs> those who have been in the chat with us live. It, it always makes a show for us, having that sort of interaction with people. Um, Alec doesn't do that on his show, Jacko. Certainly yeah. doesn't. He doesn't put that kind of effort in. Do you think yeah. Jacko is still Never here? Never question that again, Jacko. Yeah, is, Jacko, he, is Jacko I, still here? If he's not here, he's banned. If, <laughs> if he's not here in the next three seconds, you don't write something in the next three seconds, banned from listening to this podcast. Jocko, three. You got big problems, Two. Jocko. Come on, Jocko. Oh, I believe in I you. Banned. Oh, damn. Jocko's banned. He tailed off. Damn it. He, so he went off All to go watch. There he is! Oh, there he is! is. <laughs> in the last minute, he's up in! All right! Jocko rules. Uh, Slid right in there. Nice! Thank you all for listening, and we shall speak to you all next week. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. That was, that was I was really anxious about my connection. Yeah, great. I feel so fine. much better now. Super fine. Yeah, it worked out well. I okay. think before we went live, the three of us were having issues uh, connection-wise, but yeah, somehow it's held together. Thankfully, I would like oh, shit. to propose. You know what? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I would I like to propose. Really... <laughs> Are we having some fucking delay? Go ahead. The delay. You go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I'll go. I I just remembered that Quentin's thing. I, I think people are still hearing mm. Quentin successfully funded his, his Kickstarter. Yeah. And I think, I think that our listeners definitely had a hand in helping with that and spreading the word. And I just want to thank everybody who did because it was, that was a, that's a fucking major, uh, that's incredible to get that Kickstarter funded. It's really a, an awesome feat. And now he's opened it up to international shipping. So anybody around the globe can now order, get in on that Kickstarter and get a Ona. And, uh, ah, okay. Because when yeah. I last checked, he, 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 it wasn't shipping it so I couldn't back it because it wasn't um, done internationally. Right. And I yeah, it was, once it, it became so fully still, funded. Yeah. There's still and a there's, week. Oh, there's a well. week. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So yeah, get it in before it's too late. Twenty percent above his goal as well. That's amazing. Wow, that's, fantastic. that's incredible. That's, that's wow. so awesome. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Yeah, that's cool. The best. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, so if you have backed him, thank you all very much. That's um, I mean, I'm saying that it's only us three here now, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Hundred percent. Yeah. They don't know about this. They don't. Yeah. It's just the I would like to propose, <laughs> Craig. You really do need to record one of the one song from your band. And play it <laughs> at like the end of the after show or something. <gasps> Possibly. Throw up really a live, should. turn your phone on and do a live stream at the thing. No, I don't think so. I yeah. So live streams are live streams suck. Yeah, the, the audio live is terrible. <laughs> live streams suck. I, I'm so real, done with Instagram Live. I'm it's not, a real it. sort of low key affair. So the, we have these. It's July and August here in France. You have these. Oh, I was talking about the night markets where everybody gets together and you know in the whole village and stuff. Um, but it's like the. the the big village around here, so it's our sort of local town, I suppose. Um, so every Thursday they have uh, music and they've got a big stage there and stuff. Um, but the talent we've seen in previous weeks, put it this oh. way, we, we've only rehearsed five times and I think we'll you're be gonna okay. You're going to kick it up a oh, notch. I think we'll be so, okay. Nice. <laughs> you're yeah. already getting competitive. Oh, <laughs> completely, completely. That's awesome. So are, I, who's I, opening for you? <laughs> yeah, you too. But... Um, yeah, but yeah, my wife. Us too. <laughs> yeah, oh. my wife makes me laugh because I'm like, I I take it like super serious. Like every evening, I'm like here in the studio, like practicing the songs. You know, so but basically, we've been learning three songs every new rehearsal. So we go over the, all the the songs that we've done previously, and we'll learn three. So it it, it it's it's quite full on, you know. And um, already I can see like the drummer's not into it as much as us. And like last week, oh, no. we had something on. So like so I'm just, to my wife, I'm just like, I, I think I just need to get rid of the drummer, get a new drummer in now. And I'll, and, I'll, and she's just like, just relax and enjoy yourself. So and like, I'm getting ready. I've got all my stuff together and I'm about to leave now for rehearsal. She's like, no, enjoy yourself. So as, as I left and I tapped on the window outside the house, and I went, it's not about enjoyment. It's about being the best. <laughs> I'm never going to be happy. And I'm like, so, well, quite true. Quite how true. are we going to motivate the drummer? Um, he's a drummer. Throw throw bananas at them, you know. It's, 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 it does, I don't think it takes. We much. need to we need to figure out a way as a podcast so we can motivate the drummer. We got to yeah. we have to figure it out because I am a hundred percent with you. You're you're paying attention and you're practicing and you are you singing too? I'm yeah. So are you I've the lead on, singer? Yeah, I've taken on like I'm I'm playing keyboards, guitar. I'm oh, singing. My. And I'm going and sort of arranging everything, you know. So I'm like, oh you know, we're rehearsing God. today at this time, whatever. And it's it, it's like fully consuming me, you know, this this thing. I know, but, um, but that you got to get rid of. You got to you have to figure out a way to you have to figure out a way for the drummer to uh, unconsciously be motivated. Yeah. So I mean, it's like it's like with with this podcast, I've fallen really lucky because you two are just as committed as I am to this. But imagine if we had somebody who wasn't. How frustrating that would be! And I'm I, with everything I do. I'm the same. If I'm going to do it, I'm I'm you know, a thousand miles an hour, and I'm in. I'm invested completely. And um, yeah, he doesn't seem to be as invested. As well, what does he is. do? What What do you mean? Well, what does he do that like makes you know that he's not invested? Is he just like he'll, on his phone the whole time? No, he'll turn up and he hasn't like practiced the songs, and he's like, "Well, this is practice," mm. and I'm like, "No, no, no, this isn't practice. This is rehearsal. You do the practice in your own time. You come in ready 
to rehearse. Right. Have you had have you had you know? words with them already? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Re- yeah. Bad words? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have had bad words. I'm, I'm a proper dictator. I'm, honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the Mick Jagger of the band. There, wait, it's, the band wait. manager. Wow. You must retell. You must retell a story of when you got hot under the collar with the drummer. Please, the, <laughs> the microphone there's is yours. No, there's no. I mean, the good thing is he speaks very little English. Um, and the rest of the band don't speak much English, and I don't speak much oh French. Oh my God! So, so it's, it's quite all... easy. So it's quite easy for me to say, "Well, come on." And he's saying, "You know, I'm here to rehearse, to practice." And when I'm like, "No, no, no, no. We all practice when we're at home. We're, we're ready when we come in. We're ready to go." And he's like, "Oh, I, you know, I don't know this song, but you know," and I'm just like, "Oh, come on, come on." So it got oh, to yeah, the point yeah. where we rehearsed. For example, we rehearsed yesterday. Which was Thursday, Wednesday night. I was up. And I was up till four a.m. <laughs> listen, programming a drum track, just just so he could listen to the drum track. And I just literally say, Holy just copy. Shit. Literally, oh, just you, copy this. You should just replace you know? him with the drum track. Uh, well, yeah, it's, you it's, thought it's, about it. Stays on time at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so let me just be clear. You guys are arguing in passive-aggressive pigeon <laughs> French or pigeon English? <laughs> a bit of both. Because passive-aggressive, that's like, that's being passive-aggressive is yeah. completely, you know, that's the universal language. But the French, even when they're saying something complimentary, they're they're barking at each other. They're shouting, you know. So it's, oh, not, it's, it's quite so hard. Speed, uh. so, when I, so when I'm sort of losing my temper with him, I think he just thinks, oh, it's fine. It's, you know, yeah. it's just whatever. What's the worst thing you've said to him? <sighs> I, 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 haven't said, I haven't said anything bad, but I, I've literally said, you know, you know, you come here to rehearse. We we don't practice here. We take this seriously. Um, uh, and yeah. what do you say to that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. Literally, just ah. the shrug. You know, get rid of him. Get rid of him. Give him the axe. <laughs> well, you'll know. You'll because there's, there's, there's many drummers around here. That's the biggest problem we've got. Hey, you get to, what if you, you made him nervous? Machine. I, what if you pretended like you were going to stream and say, I got my 10,000 followers are going to be watching us a live stream. You oh, better geez. get your shit together. <laughs> uh, ambition, um, I find in France is very different to, to what I've been brought up with. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. That's socialists. They, socialists lack ambition, don't they? Yes. They, yeah. So it's, yes, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a funny one, but um, I would imagine I'm, that this I'm is one of the, re- this is the reason why bands don't stick together because oh. if they, if they're, if one guy is like, you know, not hot dogging it and half assing yeah. it, they're just like, we're spending all this time doing this and you're just not pulling your weight. Yeah. And I, I know it's my issue as well because, you know, it's meant to I be fun. I don't think it is. But, but I make it so it's not fun. I'm quite aware of it. So. Is that true? So, you know, they've all been emailed like, so basically, I'll record the tracks completely, and I'll yeah. play the bass parts, I'll oh. play my bits, and I'll send each of them a version with their bit missing <laughs> so they can practice. <laughs> and I think they're all just like, oh, wow. this, this bloke is mental, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, just doing what I need to do, you know. But uh, How old yeah. are they? Um, they're, they're mid-30s, mid-30s. Oh, so you're so the oldest guy? Slightly, yeah, slightly. Oh, so, the, um, you're, so you're like the teacher. Yeah, but I, I'm the least like musical of them. So like our bass player, he he teaches in the in the local music school, and he's just like you know, we play and he'll just play along. He doesn't need to practice. He, you know, he he's he knows what he needs to do. Yeah, yeah, but but it's quite funny because he's very. Um, 
you sort of like classically trained, I suppose. So like we're playing and um, so we do covers and we do our own songs as well, uh, but mainly covers of them. I'd say 80% of the set is, is covers because it's easiest to learn them quickly. And um, we do a version Crowd of... pleasers. Yeah, exactly. So we do a version of... Um, 20th century boy which is a, like an old t-rex like 70s mm. like rock sure song. sure sure and um yeah. at the end it, it just stays on this one chord for ages and um myself and the other guitarist we sort of riff with each other for a little bit and he's like well well how many bars so like i know when to finish i'm like well we don't know how many bars we'll see we'll see and he's just like he can't grasp you know he's like amazing musician but he can't grasp that you know huh. bars we finish and he's just like, well, well, how will I know when we finish? He's like, well, well, we'll know. We'll, you know. You just got to give him the nod. We'll come to you, a natural, yeah, like, we'll come to a natural end. Give the drummer a nod. He'll do a little fell. That's the Sounds end. like the drummer's on a nod. Yeah, but but he's freaking out. Like, well, well is it going to be 16 bars? Is it going to be eight? I'm like, we don't know. You know, we don't know. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, again, it's almost like managing everybody's... I wouldn't say personalities personality exactly and that's what I'm finding with all these bloody builders and electricians and plumbers they're all like trying to like flex on each other you know so we've got the electrician going over to the plumber saying you know is that pipe big enough is you know it's just like well you're an electrician you do your job and everybody's flexing and it's just like oh big enough big enough for your your mother didn't have a problem with it Mother, your mother. Uh, I love a good your mother. Your mother was perfectly happy with it. I think it's great. I, I've the only question I basically have for you about the band. I love it. What's the name of the band again? Is it the Uplift? Uplift. Uplift. What in your just don't think about your other bandmates. What is your dream? For this band what if you, the best thing that could happen what would it be oh the best thing that can happen is just that we all yeah you know, we do like local gigs occasionally and maybe you know maybe occasionally we may you know i'd love to play like a festival somewhere i'd love i'd love that but you know I'm, we know we're never we're never going to be you know a big band and we're never going to get like a record deal or any of those those kind of things but you know maybe you know maybe once a year we'd go in the studio and record a few songs just you know just for the That'd experience of it it would be fun just for the experience yeah and you know play an odd festival over the summer would be would be great how uh, excited are you for your first gig on thursday extremely will you give us will you give us (laughs) the story of lugging all the stuff and who didn't show up and this guy got drunk we'll we'll have a full breakdown in the after show next week we need a full i'm gonna be invest i need to there's a lot i need to know okay i need to know a lot what okay how do you bring their all equipment and who did the sound check and what did you say during the sound check i need all that that's the that you know that's the bit i'm really nervous about the the sort of interaction between songs because you know we're in rehearsals and you know we'll play a song then we'll oh that sounded yeah that sounded okay or maybe maybe you know tune up the monitor a little bit or you know right let's have tune up again ready for the next song and you know when you're performing live it's a performance you know you need to be able to you know slide seamlessly between songs and there's right. been a little bit of right. banter with you know with an audience and um as you know the guy sort of up front i don't really speak much french so um thankfully better. Not, thankfully a lot of these night markets a lot of brits and you know because the locals they get bored it's the same every year they get they get pretty bored so it's the tourists and all that kind of thing they go to these and they love them you know that oh this is great this is great so there will be lots of english speakers there 
So yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. But that's that's weird. That's the bit I'm really nervous. And not not the the singing and the, and the guitars and the keyboards. You know, the actual playing. I'm not I'm not nervous about it at all. But I'm nervous about the the those gaps and make making it a show. You know. Well, come on, you do a po- you've been doing podcasting for years. You can't well, like you know plunge lines between bloody. You just see, you, I can't you know. get no satisfaction. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the set list? You want yeah, to share a you say, the set list? Uh, you finish off that I can't yeah, get no satisfaction. They all say, y'all they all finish, and you say that's what she said. We finish with a belter. So um, they're an American band. I don't know if they're big or in America. But the Killers. Do you know the Killers in? Sure. Yeah. In the US? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um that that all these things that I've done, you know, and then in the middle it goes boom 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 and it's just like a big breakdown and it does the whole I've got soul but I'm not a soul. Oh yeah. It like yeah, builds yeah. up and builds yeah. up. That's our sort of final song and that sounds nice. that sounds pretty epic. So yeah. Looking forward to that. Love it. And what uh, are you what are you gonna wear? I've got like a sequined. <laughs> no, I get the fuck out of here. No, really, seriously. <laughs> um, you dress like Liberace. Uh, uh, no, um, I'm literally wearing a pair of jeans and a black t-shirt. Standing. That's your normal move. Which I know it's boring. I know, but uh, you know, I'm bloody forty odd. I'm not. You know, I'm not uh, some young hipster with tight jeans on and a vest. So yeah, black je- black t-shirt's good because it'll hide the sweat. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Will you be drinking during the show? One beforehand. A loosener. Yeah. Just a loosener. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got a tip here from Grateful Knives. Um, make sure I don't mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Grateful. Good one, Grateful. Good one, Grateful. Uh, brilliant. Very exciting. Brilliant. Very exciting. It is, it is exciting. And it's. Yeah, I'm living out a fantasy that I've had for years and years and years and years, you know, and I, yeah, it's, but I, I, I'm, again, I'm a million miles an hour into it. My wife's just like, calm down, calm down. I'm like, no, I've got to buy like a full PA system. And she's like, why? Because the venue's going to have one for rehearsals. So, you know, and I'm, uh, yeah, and I've spent a lot of money. And she's just like, just calm down, you know. I think the new bar might be the rehearsal space pretty soon. It's way too small. Jeez, way, oh. way too small. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. How many people in the band? Is it? Four. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Four, four of us. A four, four plus four, including you, including me. So I mean, a, oh, drummer I just, will, a drummer will take up, you know, the size of this room. Just, just himself. Four is a good. Know? Are you getting yeah. paid for this gig? Uh, not really, so much. No, but we. It. W- what we are getting is a, a rehearsal room for free. Um, That's good. For, you know, for a whole year. So it's, it's, it's all. Somebody's got to give you the booze, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Throw some um, underwear at you. Jacko's still here. <laughs> what kind of instruments are in the band? Um, it's pretty standard sort of four-piece. There's uh, drummer, bass, and two guitars. Um, and I also a little bit of keyboards in some of the songs as well that I do as well. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Very good. Mm. Can't so, wait to hear it. Can't wait to hear it. What's that? <laughs> when are yeah, you back anyway. from your vacation now, uh, Morocco? We get back Sunday afternoon-ish. And uh, and then I have an important phone call again. Oh. Things have been going through with contracts, all very oh. positive. So now it's time to go shopping. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So the yeah. the more massy shoe brand is nearly. Oh, oh. That's, That's right. right. Boots. Yeah. Boots. I keep, I keep, uh, <laughs> keep dropping myself in it. Sorry. Okay. That sounds yeah. cool. That sounds cool. Cool. Yeah. Aren't you going to ask about the the? We finally uh, have the story for the balls. Ah, oh, yes. Um, are you prepared to tell everybody now? 
100%. Okay, let's bring you up on the big screen. Okay, let's bring you up on the big screen. Wait there, where are you? Lean right. I'm into here the with mic. bated breath. <laughs> you can lean right into the mic. Okay. So okay. I before I left for vacation, I got sent this pair of testicles from <laughs> as you someone do. as you do. <laughs> as you do, that they're truck nuts. <laughs> they're truck nuts. And I got them from Oh, let's have a drum roll for this. I'm just queuing up a This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.